0: My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. <laughs> and a little street music there. I'm, I'm sure Word.
1: Like.
0: Very appropriate. Uh, this, thank you. Well, exactly. Because there is one black person in the movie. Yeah. Well, we saw the movie Unknown, you see, hmm. that's mm-hmm. Uh And that song, I think it's called, I don't know the name of it, I'm assuming it's called What You Know About That.
2: Oh. Thing, thing, thing. <laughs> You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe
0: uh, My name, as I said, is Tom Chick uh, That guy you just heard just quoting Porky's, I think uh, is Dingus Mukowski I, I, yeah, oh, oh, Christian Mukowski uh, who will be referred to over the course of the show as, as uh, Dingus uh, Christian Mukowski, welcome
2: For God's sake, just do an internet search
0: we also have with us Kelly Wand, who I presume has an unknown-related tagline that may or may not contain the phrase, what you know about that.
3: Uh, yeah, I do. It <laughs> what was, is it? Uh, well, I looked online for quotes by unknown people to see if anything was good, and I ran across this one. A woman once said that a man is like a deck of playing cards. You need a heart to love him a diamond to marry him a club to smash his fucking head in, and a spade to bury the bastard happy valentine's day
0: <laughs> okay well it's that that does put me in mind of unknown uh dingus why don't you tell us a little bit more about unknown don't don't give any spoilers away or, or anything uh just give us the basics and then yeah don't ready. give spoilers yeah we're not ready for that yet if you haven't seen Unknown, you can still be listening. safe.
2: All right. Uh, this week we saw Unknown, a 2011 11 thriller movie. Wow, that was a lot of mo- a lot of He's words to of say. Either.
0: Let's do take two, and this right. time, do it right.
2: <laughs> okay. Let me yeah. see if I can.
3: Stop embarrassing yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, on, this Nathan.
2: week we saw I Am Number Four, <laughs> a, t- a 2011 thriller movie. Hmm. It was directed by Jama Callat-Sara uh the yeah, film hold on, stars I want, to hold
0: I, want, I want you to stop right there dingus did you re- is that really how you say the dude's name yeah okay
3: yeah you <laughs> Well
2: Dingus.
0: well I, I actually I did
2: some all... um some research i i can't pronounce thriller but i can pronounce jama
0: so jama colette sarah because we i think are all three we'll see if this bears out after this week's movie but before this week's movie i can safely say we were all three fans of this dude what uh, what did he do that i liked house of wax and or oh yeah i keep forgetting
3: he made two movies only.
0: that's so, okay, that so guy i'm sorry i cut you off dingus uh so it's a uh, 2011 thriller movie about an alien on the run from government forces who are killing them in consecutive numerical order is that correct
2: exactly and he is the unknown number of alien we don't know what number <laughs> of alien he is <laughs> um because he's uh He thinks he's a guy, but nobody believes he's a guy, and he's in a coma and he can't talk, so nobody knows who he is. Uh, The film stars Liam Liam Nelson, I think you told me, Tom, um, Diane Kruger, and September Smith. Uh, The film is uh, rated PG-13 for some intense stop laughing for some intense sequences of violence and action and brief sexual content.
0: September Smith is awesome. That's beautiful. Uh, All right, so if you have not seen the movie, we're now going to start spoiling it. We're going to talk about some very specific things from the perspective of people who have seen it and enjoyed it or not. Uh, So uh, if you want to see it and you don't want things spoiled, you you better just fast forward to the three by three. Uh, Because, Kelly Wand, why don't you now tell us in a little bit more detail what exactly happens in Unknown?
3: Oh, you mean an Unopsis?
0: If that's what you want to call it, that's what we want to hear. Now, I hear, by the way, you've already apologized to us, which I don't think is worth apologizing for, that this is a really long one. This is the longest one yet. I cannot wait. It's longer than the movie.
3: (laughs) Okay. Which, by the way, it was originally called Unknown White Male, but I guess that was too big a spoiler.
0: Is that true, or are you just riffing on an old Barbet Schroeder movie?
3: (laughs) Wait. Oh, the roommate. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> gotcha. you see what I did there? there I go. sound dumb, but I'm even dumber than I sound. That's the twist.
2: That's a good tagline for you.
3: Uh let's get this over with, because it really is fucking endless. Um Anopsis. Uh, 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 so this Irish guy from New Hampshire named Dr. Liam Neeson gets off a plane at the Berlin Airport with his wife, the uh, hot blonde from Mad Men. And while he's packing his Samsonite into her boot, she tells him to hurry up. (laughs) So he leaves behind the most important suitcase at the bottom because it's not like he's a brilliant assassin or anything. And uh, they get to the hotel and the front desk tells September Smith that the Eisenhower suite's already taken, even though they confirmed it two weeks ago. But Liam Neeson doesn't know this because he's outside and he just noticed the suitcase is missing. So instead of telling his wife where he's going, which would take two seconds, he gets into a cab in the blizzard and goes back to the airport, uh, even though the suitcase is probably stolen by now. And he tries to call her on his cell, but since he's in a major city, he doesn't get reception. (laughs) And his cab driver's also hot and blonde, like September Smith, but Germaner, And traffic's lame, so he asks her if she knows another route. And she does, but she just didn't think about it before he whined about it. So she takes this shortcut off of a bridge and into a freezing lake. And uh, the car's sinking, and he hits his head on his retardation, but she saves him and then runs away. And there's a crowd there, but no one tries to stop her. And he goes into a coma until Thanksgiving, which is this very important German holiday. Because it's the day uh, the Pilgrims arrived on the Mayflower at Berlin and gave thanks that they were turkeys. Um, but no one's in his hospital room to greet him, including his wife or the police or the media who saw his car go into a lake or his bosses. So he goes to the hotel and his wife doesn't know him. And another dude's posing as him that he's never seen before. Only he has seen him before, but he doesn't know that yet because movies are 90 minutes long. Because this guy named Sid said That's how long people can sit still for Even though football games Are like three hours long So nobody knows who Liam Neeson is Except the cabbie But she quit to become a waitress Because her boss is mad Because she saved an American passenger's life And a waitress who followed Liam Neeson onto a subway Oh wait, not a waitress A guy, sorry (laughs) (laughs) hope that I didn't Confuse anybody Uh, kills a nurse who was uh, giving Liam Neeson an MRI after he fainted because he saw a picture of his wife with the other dude by the same window they used to get photographed in front of. And the professor guy doesn't know which one's the real Liam Neeson he talked to on the phone, even though the other guy's voice doesn't sound like Liam Neeson's voice. And because the other guy knows exactly what Liam Neeson said on the phone verbatim. So Liam Neeson knows he's not crazy, just dumb. So he finds a card in his pocket with the dude's phone number on it that the screenwriter left there. So he dials (laughs) 555-U-H-H-H. And he reaches this old man guy who used to be a member of the Nazi secret police. So Liam Neeson knows he can trust him. And the guy (laughs) says he'll find stuff out. But he needs 50 euros to go to the grocery store because he's out there. So Liam Neeson tracks down a hot blonde cab driver, and she likes to draw stuff because she's from Bosnia. And her black gay friend comes over to see if she's getting laid, and she's all, Eins, fie, dry. So he leaves. But then the assassins show up and kill the black friend because he was leaving anyway and doesn't know anything. And they try to kill Liam Neeson and the cab girl, but he tricks them by getting his ass kicked while she stabs one of them with a bong shard. And the other guy chases them, but they trick him by blending in at a purple rave. And the secret police guy goes, I think we can still trust your wife based on nothing. So Liam Neeson goes to an art gallery where the biotech convention's not being held with posters of Mila Jovovich's eyes plastered over the walls outside on these bricks. And he finds September Smith and tells him to meet her later at a diner inside a black man, blindfolded and handcuffed, and to bring a loaded gun and point it at his head. (laughs) <laughs> and she So he knows she means well. Then Liam Neeson goes, "Oh yeah, the suitcase." So he goes to the airport and remembers the combination to the suitcase is five 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 U H H H. And the security chick opens it, then he goes to the diner and the cab girl gives him his watch back because it's too heavy, and Terrence Stamp turns out to be evil, and the secret police guy knew it because he knows the guy's name, but instead of shooting him, when he comes over and takes off his coat slowly, he tricks him by drinking cyanide and dying. But he was dying anyway, so it's unpredictable. uh. uh. And then Terrence Stamp tasers Liam Neeson in a parking garage, but instead of killing him, tells him he's an assassin and that everybody in the movie is, except for the cab girl and some chic and the professor who's invented magic corn. (laughs) And the proof is that Liam Neeson's suitcase is full of 50 fake passports that he always brings along with him on every job. And uh, Liam Neeson didn't notice these in there before, Or go through the briefcase. He just happened to pluck out that one with his doctor ID on it in the diner by chance. Anyway, so they're going to kill Liam Neeson, which they could have done when he was in a coma a lot easier, but Liam Neeson tricks them by the cab girl showing up and seeing them talking from another building across the street on the roof and then somehow getting down and getting in her car and driving over to the other building and then driving up 12 more stories and then running over everybody with her cab, including Terrence Stamp, who, because he's the world's greatest assassin, cowers inside the van and does nothing while he goes over the edge and blows up. So Liam Neeson goes back to the hotel to try and save the professor and his two twin daughters from The Shining, but September Smith knows that the professor's password is Californication, because he wrote it in a journal, that Liam Neeson has that his father gave him and she doesn't have so she downloads something into something by using a GPS and the professor's man purse while she's in a hotel room with C4 behind the mirror that the maids never found and she gets back down 12 stories to hand his man purse back to him and call him a nerd a gay nerd because of the man purse and to take the gps out while he doesn't notice because he's extra suspicious and paranoid but liam neeson's convinced the hotel security that he's not a maniac he's only a retarded assassin with amnesia who planted a bomb there three months ago even though no one at the hotel remembers him from either occasion so they can trust him so they do so they evacuate the hotel and september smith doesn't want to go to jail so she goes back up to the hotel room to get blown up instead and liam neeson at the last second how to stab the fake him with a glass shard and the professor and his daughters are safe and the sheik smiling and now Liam Neeson is wanted by the FBI and Interpol and his former employers the greatest assassins in the world but no worries he tells the cab girl that now she can do whatever she wants with her life even though she's also now sought after by the FBI Interpol and his former employers the world's greatest assassins oh and also INS the end (laughs) all right Kelly Wand kind of a fizzle at the end (sighs) what else is there to say that's quite a mouthful you know thanks Tom I like it when you tell me that if you know what I'm saying but getting (laughs) back to the movie uh, I was kind of with it until like the last half hour you know I was kind of like oh this is a Hitchcockian which McCall it and then uh, I was kind of bummed out by what
0: happened when, when did it lose you? What made it lose you? Um, Terrence Stamp. Now you're calling him Terrence Stamp, but uh, I think anyone who's seen Frost Nixon thinks you should actually use his real name.
3: Oh, you mean uh,
0: Valorum? <laughs> gotcha.
3: Oh, don't pretend. Let's not play that game.
0: I, I really don't know what Valorum is. I mean, I to me Frank Langella is. You know, he did it on he did the stage version and he was in Ron Howard's filmed version of, of Frost Nixon. Uh, and Oh yeah.
3: That's what I meant.
0: What's Valorum? What what is Frank Langella in where he plays Valorum? He's in Phantom Menace. Frank Langella? I don't think so, Kelly Warren. He's playing Terrence
3: Stamp in Phantom Menace. I think I... anyone Listen I cannot to the believe podcast. we're
0: so quickly getting into Star Wars, but no, Frank Langella is not in any of the prequels. Dingus, can you corroborate this? Is Frank Langella in one of those crappy Star Wars movies? Yeah, he plays Count Dookie. Okay, mm. you guys, neither of you guys knows anything. He's the white-haired guy.
2: Michael Sheen plays the other character.
0: He's also an unknown. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> so, so Frank Langella is really where you started to lose interest in this movie? Because I lost interest way earlier than Frank Langella. I was interested when I didn't
3: when I before I realized it was a tourist twist, like which doesn't make any sense. He's not, she's the only competent assassin in the movie is the cab girl. She's the only one who can kill people normally she, because the, she uses the, the she uses the gum jabar. Yeah, <laughs> she beats the assassins every time. She's undefeated by the end of the movie, and Liam Neeson's gotten his ass handed to him, and he's supposed to be oh because he's got amnesia,
0: whatever. I don't dingus, like this. Where did stu- it lose you? Dingus, I'm assuming it lost you at some point. Uh, I can't imagine anyone with much, by the way, of discriminating taste making it all the way to the end of this movie without being lost uh, as far as sort of throwing up your hands and, and thinking, OK, this movie stupid. Uh, at what point did that happen to you, Dingus, or did it happen to you?
2: It did. I, I would describe this as three quarters. I, I would be generous and say three quarters of a good movie and a quarter of absolute idiotic idiotic movie and i think it, it started to lose me when when uh when liam nelson got back to the hotel and started running around and, and yelling things about every scientist in that room is going to die and uh, you know I, I didn't forget everything i remember how to kill you asshole when once we get into the joel silver uh, meat of, of the that's film that's the
0: very end of the movie though like, yeah,
2: that, yeah 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 i think i think
0: they're to
2: okay yeah i you know i think that there's um it, it, one of the things that's dumb. weird about this well i know i am too dumb but no no, um,
3: no i'm uh, a i at tom what
2: <laughs> oh okay uh i think that one, one of the great things for me in 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 ruminating over this film or in going over my notes is that it really rewards uh, a lot of the lines are rewarding because of what is revealed in the film as opposed to a film like like the tourist uh where where everything is betrayed, and um, th- there was a there was a really great sense of humor as we went along in this movie that I really liked. And as I looked over the movie, I I, I think that there's a there's a real argument to be made that that um that they were trying to make uh, almost a send up not a send up but a, like a hyper realized Hitchcockian thriller, and then at the end it just. The you know Hollywood producer swoops in and says, "All right, let's blow some shit up and stab people and and have a bunch of really big diehard lines and that's how we're going to end it." But I, but I think running up to that, there is there's a lot to be there's a lot there that that really works nicely, even though it, it's 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 goofy.
0: Okay, well I gotta say you've you I I you've lost me, Dingus, because I don't I thought it was pretty earnest and largely humorless. Like, what are you thinking of? I can name something. The well, scene curious,
1: where
0: uh, Dingus brought it up. So I'm curious specifically what he's thinking of to to call it out as, as being like you, you said not a send up, but uh, like do you mean like self aware Dingus? Or because it seemed to me like a very straightforward, earnest kind of soggy. We're gonna do a Hitchcock movie uh, with mm. very little cleverness. Um, so Kelly, I want to hold that thought? I want to hear what yours is. But but what parts did you think uh, Dingus were were worthy of uh, humor or whatever?
2: Well, let me just give you one line okay and and then I'm gonna let you come back to me and tell me what you think of that line okay okay awesome uh, the one line is this I'm giving a presentation
0: <laughs> see I think of that as bad dialogue I don't think that's necessarily it's funny because it's bad I don't think it's like intentionally funny um
2: but but, uh, but, but tell me what you think of it just uh, break, that, break down, down that. It,
0: right I think it's funny because it's bad because that's the one when he mentions you know he's lost his at that point, though, I guess he doesn't really know the full implications of what's going on. He doesn't know how far it's going to go. He's he's come out of the coma. He knows he's been gone four days. No, 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 back no. To the hotel. Oh, no.
2: No. He gives that line when he's going through customs. He says, "I'm oh, oh, oh. Dr. You know Marshawn Lynch or whoever the hell he is, and I'm I'm giving a presentation."
0: I assumed he's, it was when he was talking to the security guy, right? So that see, I think that we're we're supposed to like at that point think, oh, he's like a fun, lovable sort of footy uh professor dude, and look how lovable he is. Um, right.
2: So that's. But now so, think back right. over what we know about him.
0: Right. He's a secret. He's a he's a skilled assassin, the top man for Branch Fifteen or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. He's going so that yeah so, he knows how to put bombs behind a wall
1: and.
2: So he says this line. Him, says this right? goofy line. I, I, I'm Doctor Whoever do Badab and I'm giving a presentation. And then they go through, and then she says to him, I'm giving a presentation. And so it seems like just married people banter, right? But later, it's clearly not that. So what is that? What is that then? That's
0: that's this movie. That's the that's this movie being slightly better than The Tourist.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well,
0: see, because here's one thing I wonder about, and Kelly Wand, I, I want to get back to you in a second, but uh, early on when we see them on the plane, they're like holding hands, and it's all this like fake-out movie stuff that the movie right. is showing us because it wants to trick us. Now, I do like that bit about parsing him pointing out he's giving a presentation. You, you know, if we were supposed to think that he's maybe an insecure assassin or it's his first time, or... But that, that that's cute, but I don't think it belongs, and I don't understand why they felt the need to do that i think it's part of the movie thinking it's tricking us uh so i i sort of hear what you're saying and i see there's an interpretation there dingus that could be funny Uh, and if there was more stuff like that i would absolutely agree with you but i felt like there wasn't that much stuff like that 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 if anything was kind of a happy accident um
2: Okay, I would disagree, and I have a couple okay. other things to go with, but let's let's throw it over to Kelly Wan for so a minute. Hold
0: that thought, Kelly What did you think was funny, like, or clever?
2: The scene where he
3: and the other dude are dueling to make the scientists think that, like, they <laughs> right. know, the, they're saying the same thing at the same time. That's comedy, and I got a laugh, but and I it's pretty funny. I mean, it doesn't make sense later.
2: <laughs> it well, it does, only it, makes sense later. It I absolutely makes sense later. Make sense, That's what's Because it's a
0: script. It's a script that they've memorized and rehearsed, and they're both falling into it. But again, if we're supposed to believe that that these two guys, or at this point at least one of them, is a super-trained assassin... Both of them. (laughs) They both are. Yeah, but Liam Neeson doesn't know he's a super-trained assassin. Aiden, at this point, knows exactly what's going on. He holds all the cards in that scene, and he should drive the scene. The moment he realizes that he's saying the exact same thing... He needs to switch to a plan B or do something different. I think that's another fake out to the audience that's kind of played to be, eh, well, Well, then he faints
3: because he's so frail for a master assassin.
2: But no, Aiden Quinn is the plan B, and there's a reason he's the plan B. He's the guy off the bench. He's not as good. And so they're both doing the script, except Leon Neeson thinks he's doing his life he's like right. if I'm not him why am, why do I know so much about him and he's saying the things that he actually knows and and Aiden Quinn, who is the guy off the bench who isn't as good, is just reverting to script and they're and that's what's that's one of those moments that pays off for me when I look back is that when that happens we're oh, yeah. just giggling because it's so silly, right but when you look back, it makes sense if you sort of Understand the way the gears are coming together in in this weird little moment. It's and that's why I think it's sort of heightened and goofy. The the two of them doing this unison. Um, I forget what the actual line is. Uh, why the hell are you know Why the hell are you here? Why the hell are you here? Are you, that that thing where they do it in unison is that wonderful moment when you look back and you go, Oh, that's why they do it in unison. Right. See, I think they do it in unison
0: because it's a funny cinematic device, and it ultimately betrays the idea that these are the world's best assassins. Uh, so that when this reveal comes, yes, you're right, Dingus. It, do, it, it does sort of explain some of these cute little moments, but it just feels manipulative and silly, I, I think. And I guess we mm. kind of agree there. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you're using different words to describe it. Right. He just thinks Dingus is saying it's intentional, and you're saying it's, this saying it's movie sucks too badly I, to be intentional. I'm, no, any, I, I agree that it's intentional, but it just doesn't. I don't think it works that well. You uh, know
3: what annoys me the more I think about it is like, he thinks, and I, I want to know if this is delved into at all in the book because there's a novel. Uh, it's like, he thinks he's a doctor, but, like, if we got amnesia, we would, and we thought we were doctors, like, he, he's not thinking anything scientific, you know what I mean? Because he's not a real doctor. Right. So like, wouldn't he go, hands. wait, yeah, yeah he, what's like, he thinking? I don't thinking? know I mean, about
0: biochemistry. How can right, biochemistry? Wait, exactly. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he go, wait a minute, maybe I'm not, I don't know. Okay. Well, I think I, just to be fair, Kelly Wand, I think the explanation there, if we do need one, is that he's befuddled about a lot of things. It's like remembering the combination for the briefcase. He but he's that in, or, he, he assumes that it's in there, but when pressed to come up with it, he's not sure and he has to struggle for it. So he probably assumes he knows all about biotechnology. But if someone were to ask him to define, you know, what's a mitochondria, he would then not know, uh, which no one does.
2: Well, yeah, he was in the prequels. He would know what a mitochondria is.
0: <laughs> you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, you
3: guys also, he's so he thinks he's been married for five years to a chick he barely knows or maybe doesn't know, and he only remembers that one photograph and one moment.
2: Well, I like think he, that's that's great. I mean, one of, one of my again, this is another thing that pays off for me is is the moment he wakes up from the coma and they ask him who he is, and he says his name. You know, you, my expectation is that he's going to wake up from a coma and be an amnesiac. I don't know who I am. But he remembers a, this latest chunk of his life. And I like that. I like that both as that particular moment of broken expectation when I expect him to come out of the coma and not who, know who he is and run all around uh, trying to figure out who he is. He knows who he is, but he doesn't know who he is. And that, that's uh, another layer I like. Tom hey, I doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.
0: See, at that point, the movie is basically frantic. You know, it's trying to right. be uh, right. the, the Roman Polanski uh, frantic, and I'm sure there are better antecedents for it, uh, probably many of them by Hitchcock, but I don't know a lot of Hitchcock. So Another so, good setup, crappy execution movie. Well, because it eventually becomes, you know, it goes from frantic to being Born Identity or No Way Out or Salt, you know, one of, one of those kind of movies. And I think those kinds of... It, that, that it sort of suffers in comparison to the best of those. Uh, I would put this kind of with salt by way of frantic and, and nowhere near as good as frantic uh, and maybe even a little m- more confused than salt and without as many action sequences. Um, the action's not good. It's I hard of, to tell what's going on. It's not lit very well. Well, and there's a huge missed opportunity here too. And that's another thing that, that a movie like Born Identity really gets right. And there's this this during the early fight scenes, you know, we should show that he doesn't know how to fight, that he's getting his Mm -hmm. ass kicked. And when he finally snaps into, you know, I remember how to kill you. uh, Right. At that moment, that should be a great physical transformation. (laughs) That, that should be a, a physical bit. Um, And, and I think they missed that opportunity. Um, This idea of the, the super spy, you know, he's got all this super spy knowledge locked inside of him. And when we finally see it come out, it should be super cool and super awesome. right uh, And you know and super places. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and it, instead it's not and I blame that partly on the choreography and partly on the way it, the, the fight scenes are shot. Um, I, it's like they were afraid to foreshadow
3: anything because they didn't want to give it away.
0: Well they didn't even have So to. there's I no scenes if, if they had saved, if they'd had him get his ass kicked a little more, made him a less competent fighter, uh, like when he's struggling with the assassin who shows up with the gom Jabbar, for a little bit, I was thinking, okay, they're doing a cool thing here, where that guy has the training, the assassin has the training, and Liam Neeson is just this huge, right, bulk of a dude like Rob Roy, right, right, it's exactly, like the scene in Rob Roy. But I don't, as I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, I don't think they quite appreciate <laughs> what I'm hoping for here. They're, I don't think they're quite yeah, choreog- right. choreographing it that way. And so by the end, when he supposedly remembers how to kick Aiden Quinn's ass, how to be a super badass assassin, again, I don't think they they Quite pulled off what they could have because you can't see what's going on. It's too fucking dark. It's dark and yeah, and that's it's not cr- shot well. And, and the thing is, it's a no, great. And they're part. all like that. Like there's it, no it, spatial. Yeah, it is. Well, and, and the spatial awareness that would have been awesome there is in the the exploded ruins of this hotel, like that. Yeah. That that's a that's a great physical concept. Like this is where mm-hmm. the fight's going to take place. This is where he's going to recover his. His memory is a is a destruct is a machine of destruction and death and uh you know it's I don't think they really appreciated what I think the script wanted to do.
3: I'm always bummed when it's like an amnesia plot and like someone else has my identity and it, and I go oh he's it's some metaphysical thing and then it never is it's just everyone's lying to him same bullshit because there's corn. <laughs> it's never. It's not anything awesome. There's nothing awesome going on. It's all just a
0: bunch of bullshit. It's all
3: deception. Well, here's the
0: big... It's I didn't stable. mind... The, the MacGuffin was silly. I mean, at some point once you realize... <laughs> I, I love finding out what MacGuffins are and I, the fact here that it's a new hybrid of corn, that was just... She downloads it and it means nothing.
3: Isn't the I fact love, that she's seeded, does that... The,
2: the yeah. fact that we're constantly talking about corn is another of, of the things that... Well, it was so silly for me is another thing where, where I felt like, okay... At least somebody involved with this film knows what they're doing. I mean, it's corny. I mean, it's, I think that's on purpose uh-huh. by somebody. And then Dingus, I think, are, again, that so Joel charitable. Silver swoops in at the end and starts jabbing people with shards of glass. <laughs> I mean, this is some... easy.
0: Here's why, here's why I think you're being so charitable, Dingus. Is <laughs> if you watch Orphan, the script in Orphan is really smart, and I think. Jean-Colette Serra gets all of these fantastic touches. Orphan is a is a best-case scenario of, and I'm not the guy to call it this, but I think this applies, the best-case scenario of a latter-day Hitchcock movie. It hits all the mm. right notes. It, it introduces plot elements that pay off in the end. It's got well-written characters. It has a real smart sensibility to it. And that's one of the reasons I was so excited going into this is I'm like, okay, this is a guy, you give this guy a smart script and he's going to make sure that stuff gets on the screen because he did that in Orphan.
3: But they didn't give him one. I'm sorry? They didn't give him one.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I like, I wish they'd let Dingus work on it a little more to bring out some of this stuff because I like, I would love to believe that they are calling it corn because they've made a corny movie. But I don't think they made a corny movie. I think they just made a sort of a half-baked, boilerplate thriller um
3: maybe it was funnier and then studio notes like the their bosses didn't get it the suits got confused
0: i guess yeah that's kind of what you're assuming That's kind of like what you're guessing might have happened right dingus like it happens a lot
2: well i think that that moving from peter sarsgaard up to liam neeson is a is a move to the major leagues and i think that when you've got a movie that's coming out that's going to be the weekend movie against you know i am I am number four. Uh, that um, that you've got Joel Silver, who's worked with Jama, uh, call it Sarah, before. Well, that's right. He um, was an
0: orphan as well, wasn't he?
2: Right. But I think that there was there was probably a little bit more pushback as far as the movie finishing itself to be more like take uh, not taken uh, what is it yeah
0: no you're right taken oh
2: taken to be more like taken rather than the rather than I think the movie this was trying to be and and I think you're right Tom as far and both of you are right about how the the fights don't work out right and I think more for me the 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 wonderful opportunity for them um, to show this guy's realization of who he is or who he is not is during that car chase scene when she when as they're driving away all i could think of is she should be driving during that great car chase and instead he's just got these great instincts he just knows how to drive this car he can drive backwards he can do all these great car moves and and i think it would be it would have been a great moment for him just just to totally fail that car scene right away and have her jump in and drive it and then then have that be sort of a thing that he learns later on, but but like the tourist. But you're right, uh, you're right about those things. Those are those are flubs. Those are fails. Yes. Uh, but I think there are a couple. I mean, the the other things I've mentioned, I and and um, and also actually, you know, when I look back, I think the casting of January Jones is also sort of part of that. Part of what, part of what I'm talking about. Um, oh, okay,
0: right, because she's like the new hot chick from Mad Men, like.
2: Well, no. Um, one of the <laughs> things I, I absolutely love about this movie, and and I'm not a fan of it. I, again, I said I think there's three quarters of a good movie here, and then it just falls apart and becomes just ludicrous. Um, I think that the movie is cast so well with these supporting characters like Bruno Gans and um, you know the, the, that nurse woman is yes, wonderful. Yes, yes, thank you. Her, yes. who was she by the way? Did you did
0: you look her up? I meant to. I know I've seen her before.
2: Uh, I did look her up. She's one of the she's she was in I think in Glorious Bastards, but I don't remember who she was. Okay. As uh, well so was
0: um Diane Kruger.
2: Yeah, so was Diane Kruger, but but she was in Glorious Bastards but other than that I don't know, but but the even the doctor in in those scenes was great. Um there were there you know the two assassin dudes I thought were really interesting. All of those little ancillary supporting characters are so well cast. Uh, and then you have January Jones who can who is just awful she's just <laughs> you're mean she's terrible you're so mean i am i am a really mean person um but when you look at that that scene in the museum uh that ridiculous museum scene where she's telling him i love you for no apparent reason uh, other than to get him to go to the black van yeah. meeting. she tells him unconvincingly. Um, but i i think that she i think there's something to be said there but i also think and again, this is me being overly generous. I realize that. But she's meant to call to mind those those blandish, blonde, Hitchcockian um women, uh okay, like Eve Marie Saint uh from uh North <gasps> by Northwest. Oh, but she's you? meant she's meant to call that to mind, but she's not up to that. You're just
0: Marie Saint bland, first of all.
2: Well yeah. I, I What's up with that? I don't find that interesting. But but she's great in North by Northwest, and I think that, that January Jones is meant to call that to mind but not be as good as that, and I think that's on purpose. I, I think that – I know, I know I'm being overly generous, but I think that's on purpose. That's another layer of this. That's, that's her being cast to play that type of part, which clearly she can't play, and she doesn't have the heat to be able to play. But I think that's all part of it. I really do.
0: Well, let's then talk about Liam Neeson, because I, uh, Dingus, why are you calling him Liam Nelson?
2: He's a racist. <laughs> you're the one who called him Liam Nelson. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, when I'm we sat down in the arc Light, the, uh, the greeter for, you know, when we go to the Arc Light, which is one of the great theaters here in Los Angeles, uh, you have the usher come to the front of the theater and tell you, okay, everybody, you're seeing this movie, turn off your cell phones, don't put your feet on the seats. I'm going to check the movie from time to time to make sure it's okay, uh, and <laughs> Thank uh, my, na- my name is, uh, you know, Jama, call it Sarah. And, and this particular guy is clearly starting out, and he said, hey, you're watching Unknown, starring Liam Nelson.
3: <laughs> what?
0: That guy's in charge of the picture quality, a guy who doesn't even know the fucking... He also opened, I think he was, I wasn't real clear what the joke was, but he opened with a joke. He started with, thank you for coming to American Idol. Is that what he was trying to do? Oh, that's right. He, thought, he, he tried to make he
2: was, an American Idol joke. Yeah, Yeah, he thought talk. he was
0: going to open with a joke, but he What's cut that? the joke off too soon. And he said, welcome to American. And then he's like, no, no, I'm kidding. I, mean, I don't even think he finished what his joke was supposed <laughs> to be before he decided to throw in well, the disclaimer it that it was really a joke. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the, the joke, joke guy, is just the word American. Am I sure. missing that, Dingus, or did he actually get out the word Idol?
2: He got out Idol, but it was very swallowed. Okay. It was very much an American Idol. Yeah. Anyway, Wait,
0: why that's... is that a joke? Because everyone was there to see a movie, and I don't know. And they weren't a
3: TV show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. That's pretty funny. Um, and he did. I love that he called him uh, Liam Nelson. That, that was just uh, adorable. Also, American
3: oh. Idol's a new show, so that's really cutting
0: edge. Because it's like, oh,
3: American Idol. All reference.
0: the kids love it. He was a young guy, and he seemed a little nervous about I, I can imagine they they throw the new employees into that cauldron of. I'm crazy nervous. Crazy. i better open with an American
2: Idol line. I'm just imagining the audition for that, where you know you you've started out. You're either going to do popcorn or you're going to get to do the opening thing. Oh, well, let me see what you got, kid.
3: <laughs> well, it's not much, but I got the American
0: Idol chestnut. an <laughs> <laughs> <back in> acting class. <laughs>
3: Uh, So Uh, so let's talk
0: about uh, Liam Nelson, then, because I I was pretty unimpressed with him. I mean, I've seen some fantastic Liam Neeson performances. He was in one of my favorite movies two years ago, and I've never seen him as good as he was in Five Minutes of Heaven. I mean, that was just great stuff. And he's also done some terrible stuff, Uh, you know, Star Wars prequels. And, uh, you know, he was the father in Lion King. Everyone knows his voice from that. He dies a lot. What did you guys think of Liam Nelson? In I can't think anything uncharitable
3: about him because his
0: wife died and i feel bad for him
3: so you know, it's like oh i oh, can't and he also, right. he's always the same too great
0: well too. now i feel bad kelly Wand,
3: thanks you're a dick Ugh. way to uh and did you say that at the funeral
1: probably <laughs>
2: did you? you know i felt really bad about that too until this week he started coming out to for the first time talk about her death magically on the weekend when we need to promote the film.
0: Ah, cynical. Come on, wait, wait, wait. Now that's being really mean. Is it really the first time? I mean...
2: Yeah, that's what... You know, there's a lot of stories about him Mm. coming out and talking about her death for the first time.
0: But they were asked... But he was getting interviewed anyway. I'm guessing, yeah. Now, I'm going to be be charitable here, Dingus. Just like you're being charitable to the movie. I want to be charitable to Liam Nelson and say it's probably because he he was contractually obligated to promote the film and there's no way to get around the tough question of... You know, tell us about uh, what how you're dealing with your wife, with the loss of your wife or whatever.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, then I will immediately bend over.
0: You are also really mean, uh, <laughs> Dingus, to January Jones. I want to be nice and say that I'm sure she's a very, very nice woman. <laughs> I mean, good acting. I liked her spine. But, dude, that's the thing, though. is it, It's kind of one of those things where when the movie starts and, you, you know, Dingus, you and I didn't see any trailers. We didn't know anything about it. So when the movie starts... I'm like, oh god, she's gonna be the heroine for the whole movie, really? No. Yeah. <laughs> but Ready? then when Diane Kruger shows up, I'm like, oh, okay, good. I I I yeah. understand now what's going on. I I like I, them both. Uh, I I Diane Kruger, I didn't realize watching, uh, but I really liked her in Inglorious Bastards. Um, I remember her being absolutely unmemorable as Helen of Troy <laughs> in, in <laughs> Troy, and I love Troy. I love that movie. Uh, beyond all Orlando, reasonableness, um, but she she just there was nothing memorable about her and Troy. Um, and I Does don't think okay here I'm going to be a little mean also. Uh oh. I I don't think she's like like super glamorous or hot. Um and that that works like I liked how she did kind of have this this slightly haggard worn out working chick look like like she's the kind of person I would think oh yeah a, a taxi driver in Berlin who's immigrated. From Bosnia, sure, yeah, she 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 looks like she fits that part. Um,
2: She's no Franca like, Potente.
0: Oh, that's very true. But who is Dingus? Oh, but boy. but it's kind of like the casting Grace. of the, the that mousy nurse and that grizzled looking doctor. You know, you would never see that in a movie that was shot in Los Angeles. So I, I really loved how it lent it how, how the casting. Of Diane Kruger and the doctor and the nurse and even the the security head who I know I've seen him before uh, at the hotel it it just mm. had this great German cast this great sense of a German cast to it which I really appreciated. What uh, about the black dude? The friendly cab driver who uh, gives away her address. He uh, yeah. He was fine, I guess. I don't know why. Was did he, he didn't really stand out for me. Did he stand out for you, Kelly Wand? I don't know. <laughs> well, just Dingus asking. is before I. Okay, all right, I don't know. I mean.
3: I didn't know I had to answer my own question and <laughs> <laughs> realize it was going to be math.
0: But, but that's. The, so, so Liam Nelson uh, just didn't work for me. He just seemed kind of flat and by the numbers and. Yeah, he was doing the lines. But
3: he's supposed right. to be. Dingus will say that's
0: tension. But don't you think he's there should be, be this sense of sort of like pain and confusion? I mean, imagine Daniel Day Lewis in this role. Mm. See. See what imagine I did? him in every. Yeah. yeah exactly.
3: <laughs> well, he can't be
0: in every movie, which I, sucks I think, <laughs> for movies. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Kelly. Wan. that does suck. Uh,
2: I would prefer to imagine George Clooney in this role, uh, because I think that he has more of the sense of humor that you need for it, uh, without without betraying the sense of humor. And yeah, um, and Liam Nelson just he's just humorless in this. Yeah. Uh, although there's there's a couple of laugh moments and there's a couple of of okay moments, but there, there should be some real emotional touchstones here, but there there just aren't. Um, and I just think that he's cruising. And w- when you see the things that, that Matt Damon is doing, and somebody said this a while ago, is I think what what Matt somebody said this. I don't know if Matt Damon said it, but somebody said is that that you you do one for them and then do one for yourself. So that so that Matt Damon is doing these born movies and then he's also doing the informant. And, and I think Liam Neeson is getting away from doing the Five Minutes of Heaven and just doing too many Takens and Unknowns. And that's unfortunate. Because now, actually, Go ahead, Tom. Did
0: you, did you see Taken? Yeah. Because I liked him in Taken. Like I I thought there was more of this sense of humor of <laughs> the and Taken maybe appreciated the script more, but but as this humorless father who's warned his daughter not to go out with those types of dudes, and then the worst case scenario comes up, so it's like oh God, now I got to go set things straight with my daughter. I mean Taken seemed maybe I'm misremembering it, but it seemed to kind of appreciate the the sort of corn level that that you're ascribing <laughs> more to uh, to Unknown, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I liked Liam Neeson as the the reluctant father, you know, come out of retirement as a whatever he did for his job, CIA assassin or whatever. Um, but I, I agree with you, It's Like, this here, by the numbers, I, ju- I just want to briefly defend his performance in Taken, which I really did enjoy much more than this.
2: How's Maggie well, Grace? Uh, well, 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 I'm kind of saying that, is that uh, I, I think he's good at that, but if you do too much of that, right. It's it's he's going to start to get bored, and I think that this shows here.
0: Yeah, yeah I'll give you that. Definitely.
2: He wasn't bored in
3: Phantom Menace.
2: <laughs> we took care of that for him.
0: Kellywan. Oh. Kelly Wan. oh. <laughs> Kelly, Wan. Kelly Wan Tom's upset. Kellywan, would you like to tell me where you received your training? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Chechnya? Asgardistan. You're a rude, vain, greedy
3: boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so no hammer play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I got Portman. Suck it. Uh,
2: the other thing I really like is that on one of his uh, on his uh, fake passport, he's four years older than I am.
0: I noticed that too, Dingus. I'm like, really? Is that how old I'm supposed to look in two years? <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's that's mean. <laughs> but it was fake. He was. It was forged. That that's about as convincing as McLovin's driver's license in Superbad. <laughs> Remember the uh cab number 4 you, know, you know what remember? i might uh
2: 422
0: 66555u h why? what if you look up why is the cab number a code
2: yeah it's
3: the genetic uh it's the hydrocarbonic number for
0: corn <laughs> if you'd been a little faster with that it might have worked hydrocarbon
3: <laughs> uh i'm on a lot of meds well
0: let, let's, let's talk to you then i let's, let's use talk about that yeah. let's use this excuse to talk about how awesome orphan is and how potentially awesome house of wax could have been oh house of better. wax ends
3: strong i don't want to oversell <laughs> house of wax
0: did you see it it, it starts so slow, though. Get yeah, it, because it's
3: House... No, no, I know, but it's, it's House of Wax.
0: Off the front of that movie. No, I know, that's and that's that's some of the... Think corn about that, that title. Right. That's some of the corn that Dingus is talking about, too. Right. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's b- very good. Um,
3: yeah. And Orphan's a great movie all the way through. Like it the really payoff. Is. It really payoff is. Search. Right, and it's one of the few movies where the payoff actually is worth the journey. While as unknown, the journey to payoff ratio... I just wish he was better at action. Because in Orphan, the action's good. Yeah. And yeah. even in House of Wax, there's some good. I don't know.
0: I get the sense everyone was too cold to film it correctly. Well, Dingus, I think really is to something. I mean, you're right. It's I I don't know what the budget was for this, but it you get the sense that okay, you know, Orphan, you've got a couple of art house actors, you've got a little script that you know eh, mate float. We'll, we'll try. You know, I don't think there was enough money in Orphan for people to fuss with it too much. But I think Dingus is absolutely right. You get Liam Neeson in a movie and sudden, in a, in a budget like that. And I guess it paid off, though. It did beat I Am number 4 this weekend. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> how about that?
3: Paris Hilton's the Eva Marie Saint of House of Wax.
1: One, two, three, not only you and me. Got up degrees and I'm cold in between. Counting one, two, three, Peter Pond, I'm not free. Getting down with three feet. Why is everyone uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: so mean? to Eva Marie Saint tonight. Is this hate on Eva Marie Saint day or something? What's with you guys?
3: Wait, I thought I was being mean to Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. See what I did there?
2: Gotcha. Just wait till we get uh, the this... Eva Marie Saint sex tape. Oh. <laughs>
0: oh my god, that's gross now. Oh, you guys are terrible. So uh, speaking get... of plot holes... Whoa! Hey! <laughs> uh, because <laughs> we were talking about unknown. And we're talking
3: about parasil. Oh. Okay. Speaking of plot holes,
0: <laughs> what, give what or take this, up a spot But What is this week's 3x3, Kelly Wand? And by the way, I'm sorry, did I cut anyone off? Was there anything we still needed to know about unknown now that we can't say anything spoiler-wise?
3: See, I knew you wouldn't be able to resist if I said that, and I was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and no is the answer to your
0: question. Okay, good. So, uh, what is this week's three by three? Kelly, one. I'm pretty sure this was yours. Don't yeah, you set it up for us. why do
3: you say it like that? Uh, <laughs> seems like one of yours. <laughs> by the way, we're not since we're not doing a podcast about the fighter, which I also saw this week. I just want to say, I liked the Amy Adams parts in both senses, and the intercom. Spoiler okay uh three biggest plot holes what uh do you do we, we all know what a plot hole is well we're no. gonna find out whether or not we all do uh, i don't because dingus, dingus says he doesn't know what a plot hole is Dingus he a very- decided he didn't know what it was tonight we went, he spent a week thinking he knew what it was and
0: then tonight he had a panic attack correct well i the good thing i like about uh these kinds of three by threes and that includes physical bits <laughs> is that you can bring your own definition to yeah. the list.
3: You can say non-faked means Obi-Wan Kenobi, just moving his hand. <laughs> and say, yep. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, a is not a movie. It's more like statuary. <laughs> not that I'm naming names as to who said such retarded shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, charitably, in it's the <laughs> dingus... Sense,
0: yeah, sure. Kelly, one for your plot up. holes. Now I noticed you didn't take anything off the table.
3: So are we going to? No, because see- I yeah, I want to see what you're after. Last week, I want to see what you do with as few rules as possible.
0: Well, here's what I here's what I'm wondering. What do you think is the over under <laughs> for how many posts it'll be in this thread before people start talking about the Star Wars prequels? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say within seven posts, someone will bring up the Star Wars prequels. <laughs>
3: And then they'll go, I didn't listen to the podcast. Right, because right, right. I mean,
0: right. a lot <laughs> of people <laughs> post Say, Oh, you idiot.
3: Huh? They said you. So what do you All guys, right, think? I, you guys right, think? Wait, wait hey, you more? say seven. I will bet you a dollar, because this is how convinced <laughs> I am. No one's listening to this. And okay. so it will be uh, five.
0: Within five posts, yeah. The Star Wars will come up. Okay. Dingus, how, where do you fall on this?
2: What's the over-under on somebody bringing it up in this podcast?
0: Right, right. And yeah, and Dingus posting well okay if someone does that in this podcast i'm just going to play rap music over them while they're talking hey, you consider britney spears rap no no you, what we J- open J- the show J- with here hi you hear that that's rap
2: yeah that's from dangerous minds
0: oh uh so yeah i don't know about this podcast i'm sorry if i've spoiled anybody's list i, I apologize for that uh Okay, so I think it might take up to seven posts. Kelly Wan, you're saying five. Dingus, you think it's actually going to come up during the three by three. So okay, well we'll see who wins. Um, so Kelly Wan, since it's your three by three, and Dingus, since you are introducing next week's three by three. You Tom goes this.
3: first. Oh
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> Dingus starts us out. Uh, Dingus, what is the number three is this biggest plot holes or favorite plot hole? How did how did you he, I you said, said the big- biggest.
3: biggest?
2: Okay. Yeah. The biggest When's in the world.
3: Ones that you like, the movie would have been awesome. Oh, that, well, now you too,
0: can't go and you can't. No, no, I know. You're, you're
2: definitely yeah, yeah. It's, it's stop. All,
0: <laughs> all right. So, biggest <laughs> plot hole, Dingus. Where do you come in? That has with to be. Your big. Can't be a small one. That's good. It has to be gigantic.
2: <laughs> Can it include gunfights in Quick and the Dead? Those are all plot. right. So, all hear. right. I'm going to give you a quote for my number three. Are you guys ready? Yep. Mm. The Eagles the Eagles are coming. Lord of the Rings. Oh. Absolutely. Lord of the Rings is my number 3. This is my
0: uh, Why uh, did you do it like Schwarzenegger? He was not in Lord of the Rings. What was that?
2: Yeah, he was. He played Sam, didn't he? <laughs> that would have been and great. Imagine I Schwarzenegger. Think I guess Scoot
3: my number 1, cuz my number 1's the Eagles. So it's like right, the so,
2: so it's the Eagles, the Eagles are coming and this is um, it's not even it's all of the movies and and it's kind of a cheat because it, well it, okay the 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 actual plot hole is why didn't the eagles just take the ring to, to mordor yeah, that's <laughs> or why cute. didn't the eagles take frodo uh, you know, to- yeah. that's not star wars tom you just you just broke your own rule Seriously, that's what we're going
0: to do? We're going to do, like, geek debate stuff? Oh, good lord.
2: That's what we're going to do. This is a big plot hole. It is not a plot hole. Uh, oh,
0: Tom, it's so big, me and Dingus both had it. I'm not, I'm not surprised in the least. <laughs> that's what I have to say about that.
2: <laughs> good. Uh, anyway, so... Dingus, uh, so, so, I did cut you off.
0: Go ahead and explain to us what is it that Tolkien obviously didn't realize and that Sam Jack... or uh, uh, Peter Sam Jackson... Jackson. <laughs> neglected to put into the movie Wait, go ahead explain this to us dingus
2: yeah, what's going on <laughs> uh, so anyway fr- from, the, from the jump I'm, uh, let me just say that I'm going with uh, plot holes in movies that I love uh, you know, because I, th- I, you know, if you guys want to do something else, that's fine. But uh, I think it's easy to find uh, plot holes in movies that you are that are that you think are stupid, and I'll have some of those for my runners up. But but for for mine, I went with with movies that I really really like, but still have big plot holes, and I and I'm willing to overlook those. And I think this is a huge gaping plot hole that that Tolkien has, and and it's a little bit of a cheat because it's in the novels, but it's not a cheat because. In making the adaptation of the books, they just decide not to even address it whatsoever. Okay, why well, uh, don't you explain it? Go ahead for, for people who aren't Tolkien Dorks,
0: like me, why don't you explain it? It's a recurrent right. Deus Ex Machina.
2: Alright, so the the thing is that they gotta take the ring <laughs> La and la Catholic la gets on a flying horse and he flies oh. all through Mordor. And he flies over Rivendell. And they're like, why doesn't he just take Pegasus over to Mordor? But Pegasus is like, I'm not going to take sides in this fight. I'm just going to sit over here. But then Sam Worthington gets to Mordor. And Sam Worthington's like, I'm throwing this ring in. But then Sam Worthington doesn't throw it in. And instead, uh, Gollum throws it in. And then all of a sudden, Pegasus says, Ah. okay, I'll come over and I'll take you back to the Shire. All right, whatever. I'm here now. And then he flies back. But, you know, when they're making the movie, they have a chance to say, to at least make a joke about the fact that these eagles, these magical eagles who save them at the end, have no part in the plot whatsoever. Uh, and it's just, it's, you know, what else do I have to say? The eagles could have flown the ring to Mordor. They didn't. This is never explained, but they rescue them anyway. So okay. yeah, airdrop. All right. So if Kelly, Kelly Johnson was... could have dealt with this in making the adaptation, and he doesn't. Kelly, one was that
0: your number one? Your your same thing? That whole thing about eh, the eagles should have. I'm going to
3: change there. it so we get to talk more.
0: No, 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 no. Keep your, keep your number one. No, keep your I list. didn't say my number one yet. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 Keep change your <laughs> number and, and we can talk about runners-up later, like, if you want. But, but was that what you had picked for your number one? Yeah. So, okay, so here's the deal. So I I don't want it. whatever you guys want to decide as a plot hole, that's fine. And, and there are all kinds of different approaches to, like, what's a plot hole? And uh-huh. Lord of the Rings has plenty of these. Like, for instance – a character Million. motivation sometimes may not make sense, and and that could conceivably be a plot hole. I have never had someone explain to me why Faramir lets uh, 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 uh what's the hobby? Frodo, but <laughs> shut so up, I'll, I'll play that game, Tom. No, 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 seriously. I like, I when I saw the movies, I was like, these are stupid, I'm not into them. I, and I had all these like things, I used to give Dingus a hard time all the time about liking the movies and how the armor I'll looks love like. It is- but Yeah, I was I wasn't into them, and eventually I, I gave another watch. I saw the extended edition, and I love them now. I think they're great, but I've never been able to have someone explain to me why Faramir lets uh, Frodo go once he realizes that Frodo has the ring. When
3: Sam's speech,
0: when Faramir's whole deal is to you know save his father's and his brother's kingdom, and he's uh, you, you know if he uses the ring right there to turn uh, the forces of Mordor back or whatever, like he he could do that. So I don't understand that and. And I don't necessarily think of that as a plot hole, as a bit of character motivation the movie right. hasn't clued me into, and that's okay. I don't really need to know that. It doesn't impact my enjoyment of the movie at all. And I'm assuming Dingus, that what you're saying about the, the eagles doesn't I- impact your enjoyment. You just notice it. So I, I think of that in the same kind no. of thing. Is that the, the eagles? This is a the point of Lord of the Rings is about one person living up to his obligations. Right. And the fact that there are there's magic in this kingdom. Doesn't necessarily have to subvert the point of the story. And it shouldn't, of course. You know, why doesn't Gandalf just cast a spell? As a matter of fact, in the book, there's all this great stuff with Tom Bombadil being able to, like, hide the ring. Yeah. Um, and I forget what he says for why he can't then just take care of it. Because he doesn't give a
3: matter. shit. Yeah, I mentioned It is covered. Care. At the right. Council of Elrond, they talk about it. And they go, yeah, he's
0: just disinterested. Uninterested. But. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, my, my point being that Unknown. That, I don't, that never bothered me that the it, and I guess I, I'm probably just getting worked up because you guys aren't even saying it bothers you. You're just pointing it out. But I don't think of that as a plot hole as Tolkien and Peter Jackson having their eyes on the prize, understanding what the story is about and having to explain away. OK, we're going to have magic eagles save Gandalf from this. They're one not scene. magic. Oh, please. I've never They're seen just an eagle scared. that
3: big.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um. <laughs> The Ugh. eagles work anyway. into the star. I mean, the, this isn't – I mean, you have yeah. one Either creature that is. could have taken care of it, and they decide just not to deal with that. Right. And, and I think that's a huge blood hole. And and But I'm fine with it. And I thought of that the, when I read the books in sixth grade. I thought, why didn't the eagles – But but that's something – one of those things you just push – below your, you just, don't worry about that. You don't have a choice. Don't worry about that. Because you're already then, done reading it. <laughs> <So they're. laughs> right. And then they make the adaptation, and they don't even deal with it then. And I, I really, I find that endearing, but it's still, I think, a huge plot hole. And I think, um, I think Qualitatively different from what your what your objection with fair.
0: Tom mentioned a
2: non-plot hole.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. As I'm saying, plot holes mean many different things. Some of them can be attributed to character motivation. Some of them can be attributed Mm. to coincidences. Some of them can be attributed to magic, magic evils. But Uh, but fair mirror. So back. are you saying this is, isn't it, a plot hole, or are you just I'm saying objecting that this is geeks? I'm saying that I'm, I'm objecting you guys being dorks. This is so <laughs> not the point of the story. This has nothing to do with the greatness. If you sit there and you think about Lord of the Rings and you think, huh, Gandalf should have just had the eagles fly the ring, then I think you're missing the point of Lord of the Rings.
2: Well, of course.
0: That's why I can overlook it, dork. <sighs> you're not overlooking the it. nice. third biggest plot hole. It's Kelly Wan's number
2: one. <laughs> yeah, and I chose to pick big plot holes that I that for movies that I love. And and it's okay that this is a plot hole. It doesn't mean it's not a plot hole. What are you what are you talking about? You weirdo.
3: Maybe the goblin archers would have picked them off.
0: Well, okay, so actually what is cuz it never occurred to me. I can't believe we're talking about this. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> It never occurred to me that, that the eagles would just the eagles are supposed to like like they just do whatever Gandalf says, aren't yeah. they? Like, independent? No, race? they don't. No, that's no. they say. They don't. Yeah. So then why would they, they carry Gandalf the from the tower. To the tower? So then why would they carry the ring to Mordor? Who's to say that they would be willing to do this? You guys are making assumptions. To what if they never do anything? They do everything they want. You guys are making assumptions about these eagles that I, I maybe they bear up. I don't know, but but the eagles would have taken the ring to Mordor. They could fly They're... to Mordor. And, and drop it off. Is that is they that- get to Mordor? We know they can get to Mordor because after do- the armies they- have been swallowed up and defeated. Yeah, the air cover has been dis- has been taken out.
2: That's not true. The the war is still going on. That's not true.
0: Yeah, but the air cover. It's like using a jammer. You know, it's like there's a lot of other targets for the air cover.
3: They didn't have air cover in fellowship until um, <laughs> you know because they start out on horses the Nazgul. So there's no air cover then because Sauron's a retard.
0: All right, Just Here's what another- I have
3: to say about that? But Tom Faramir was swayed by Sam's
0: speech that Boromir went nuts and took the ring. And that makes him... Well, that makes him a lousy prince. Then that means it, he is I less qualified it. than his brother. to. Because Faramir yeah. should take the ring and turn the tide of battle no. right there on the plane.
2: No, of- no, yeah. he, he doesn't because he's not Boromir. Will you stop right. it and give your number two? Or your number three? Go ahead, Tom. I'm just sure. going to number two. Stop it. <laughs>
0: Uh, My number three is is Die Hard. Uh,
2: (laughs) Shut up. Uh, Wait, where's my rap? Let me start playing rap music.
0: (laughs) There's a point at Die Hard when uh, John McClane is like running from the terrorists and he bursts out onto the roof of the Nakatomi Plaza and they're shooting guns at him. And then we cut to the cop who I think his name is Reggie, the guy who loves Twinkies. I forget the cop's name. We cut to him. Oh, I didn't know that. He was from Saved by the Bell.
3: Don't pretend.
0: (laughs) Saved by the Bell. Racist. Isn't that what Urkel's from? Screech yeah. wasn't
2: black. He, actually, Wait. Urkel's from Alf.
0: You guys, okay, whatever. It, it's my turn to talk about Die Hard. <laughs> so anyway, John McClane running from terrorists. We now know he's on the roof of the Nakatomi, Nakatomi Plaza, and they're shooting bullets at him. We cut to the cop outdoors looking up at the Nakatomi Plaza, and we hear no gunfire. What? <laughs> what the hell was that? That seems so pretty stupid. So Did I mention like, the word biggest in my uh, <laughs> topics? So I Here's said. the thing. Here's the thing with my... I forgot my, my, a Foley word. Some Foley word. Here's the thing with my number two and my number three. Is Die Hard is a movie that is so really tightly contained about sense of place and who's where, when. It, it it's, it's really aware of its setting. As far as 80s action movies goes, it decided to, hey, let's be realistic about gunfire and pretend that, <laughs> that somebody would cower when they get shot at. Um, Die Hard was just a really tightly well done action movie uh, that took a slightly realistic skew or certainly much more than most 80s action movies so when we cut to the exterior of the Nakatomi Plaza and this dude looking up at it and you know there's gunfire up there and he can't hear it I always was like wait a minute that's John McTiernan screwed up his editing there that right. shot should not go during the, the when, when we know John McClane is getting shot at up on top of the, the tower
3: maybe he was just looking up at the heavens
2: is this when he's picking up the donuts and he gets the call from his dispatcher to go over there
1: is
3: this when the body falls on the windshield
2: is that what you're talking about tom
3: (laughs) is that Uh, what you're
0: talking about i I don't know if i think it's later maybe it is there yeah
2: you don't even know the movie stop it there's a brother in it and alexander good that's the bigger point is alexander good is the brother and why doesn't he act like his brother what no sorry I was that making a Bor. It's a Boromir, Faramir thing. Reggie when, when does this happen, fail. Tom?
0: When uh, does that happen? It, it's it's when uh, John McClane is chased under the roof of the Nakatomi Plaza, and is being yeah.
2: shot. And okay. then
0: cut to uh, Reggie, whatever his name is, outdoors. All right. How is, you know, is like that a twin? plot when, point, sir? Because he would hear the bullets at that point. Okay.
3: So, so, so the part of the plot, uh, plot that doesn't plot. add up for you is his head movement. Just as Obi No, he, hand looks, movement. he looks
0: over there and he's like, okay, I, you know what, I guess you're right, dingus. He's like, oh, it looks fine to me, but I guess I'll go check it out. Even no, he, he gets a call fire, from his
2: dispatcher away. to go over there and at that exact moment.
0: Plaza in the background, there's a shot of Reggie, and in the background, there's the Nakatomi Plaza. It's, it's Reginald
2: Phil Johnson, isn't it?
0: I call him Reggie. We're that close. Racist. Call him Reggie. And you see the Nakatomi Plaza in the background. And for instance... If you've seen, like, footage of the demonstrations in Egypt, you know what gunfighter <laughs> sounds like in a city. You hear that stuff for blocks and blocks around. So, there you go.
3: Tom's been there. He's been in the shit. He's a video <laughs> game journalist.
0: No, this Green is, Zone I, was about it's Tom's life. Thing, but, but the thing is, I love, like, Die Hard and my number two are just very tightly contained movies. And I think, okay, these are kind of little things that, that I like you guys with the eagle these are little things that i kind of wonder about afterwards.
3: yeah mm-hmm.
2: and i always
0: notice when i'm watching the movie uh with Die Hard, i'm always like you know what we're looking at the nakonomi plaza and it's awfully quiet and we know there's gunfire going on except Wait, so- that
2: with mine mine would have ended the movie before the uh, three movies before they began and with yours it would have changed, changed two seconds because no, he no. looks over it and he, and he gets a call from his dispatcher and he heads over there anyway. But
0: it would have been all different if he knew that there was a bunch of terrorists shooting gunfire. That's a thing. Like, unknown, ah, okay, by the way. Okay, I okay. love this convenient thing where a movie is like, we're going to make sure the cops show up as soon as they need to according to wherever we are in the plot. In <laughs> unknown, the cops show up in like 20 seconds when it's called for. However, if we need space for a 10-minute uh, chase scene, the cops aren't going to be there until after the chase scene is over. You know, right. and, and so it's one of those things where in Die Hard, a lot of the plotting is based on Reggie unknowingly sort of looking around. And there's, if I recall, tension, uh, like, oh, are the cop's going to be onto to us. And, but it should have been clear from early on, hey, gunfire from the roof of the Nakatomi Plaza. Call out the SWAT team now.
3: Wait, so the plot hole, I just want to know how to write this up. Reggie can't <laughs> hear gunfire,
0: but still looks up at the roof? No, he thinks, he thinks. just, just put in gunfire and die hard. Or no, uh, <laughs> rooftop, uh, here we go, here we go. Uh, That's a lot clearer than what I had, thank you. <laughs> the you
2: cops show new- up it-
3: it's down to one scene.
2: It doesn't matter. Hans is prepared for the cops to show up at exactly the right moment. And I, you're uh, yeah.
0: Ugh. no he's not prepared cops, at this point. They haven't rolled out uh, all the stuff, and it does matter. Come on, we've got it. It's we've got all this tension where the guys like creeping around. And don't, if I'm not mistaken, in Die Hard, don't some of the terrorists dress up as like the the desk security dudes, and they yeah. they tell him, hey, nothing. There's all this like fake out back and forth about it. is anything wrong or is anything everything fine. Uh, right. all of that.
2: Uh, right, right. And and Reginald Bell Johnson comes into the place and looks around and he says, "Ah, oh, forget this. No right. donuts. I'm out of here." And but but if he, he had me? known there were terrorists in there, it doesn't change anything.
0: Uh, we would have the movie would be at least 20 minutes shorter. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, it's not donuts. That is a plot I don't think it's donuts. Isn't it Twinkies?
2: Oh, you're right. Twinkies. That's isn't the plot Twinkie, hole.
0: is not no no, seriously, isn't there Twinkie product placement? in die Hard, or am I misremembering
2: that No, you're absolutely right because he actually says all of the ingredients of Twinkies.
0: Ah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Very good. So, I write this up as Reggie Twinkies. You <laughs> You're a smart fella, Kellywan. You can you can write it up however you think it best conveys it. All right. You're not going to be happy with what I come up with. All but... right, Wan, what is your number 3 biggest plot hole? <laughs> and by the way, I'm with Dingus in that these are all movies I, I like. A plot hole in a crappy movie I couldn't care less about. So right. I'm with you 100 percent on that. Oh, I <laughs> what is, what is <laughs> that was a
2: great. It was a great line reading, Kelly.
3: <laughs> that changes my whole ideas. Oh. Okay, my number three uh, is uh, Terminator Two and Three. Okay, one that it's not really a plot hole. I kind of wonder why all the Terminators are white, but the plot hole to me is. Why is the dude, the Terminator in T2 and the chick in T3, if they're both made of, like, hyper... If, if one of them's liquid metal and then whatever she's made out of, like, why can't they just change their appearance constantly? Why do they look like Robert Patrick and That Hot Blonde Girl? Like, why don't they just pretend to be whoever they are, whoever they need to look like? Hello? Like, they can change their voices, <laughs> but they can't change their
0: appearance. Well, you you they, well, they with that can only. Of Robert Patrick, and is her name Christiana Loki? Christiana Loken, yeah. Okay, like, we, you just
2: January Jones, I think.
0: You don't <laughs> think those are good templates for Terminators from the future? Well,
3: yeah, but, I mean, they're, like, they, he steals a cop outfit, but then... So the clothes are real, but then the clothes can turn into, like, the floor at the mental asylum... Like mean, if you can turn into a floor, why would you stay as Robert Patrick?
2: He's a good. That would have been a cool movie if he had just walked around as a floor the whole time.
3: Right, it's like a. It should have just been called the floor.
0: <laughs> huh, guys. Alright, understand this one. So thirsty. Kelly, one, you don't like the idea that uh, such a fluid character, like a T1000 or whatever Robert Patrick was retains a single identity is that kind of what your objection is
3: yeah why if if it's if doesn't help his mission it would help his mission if he was constantly changing like the hidden alien
0: the hidden ah very good nice well i think the answer to that i have an answer for that that you're not gonna like but i think the answer is obviously in casting is hey robert
3: patrick no fuck that this is a science fiction movie
2: more importantly how can he travel through time if he's metal and not covered by flesh,
3: right? Well, How does he come naked if he's not really naked?
2: Hmm. Naked.
3: Boo. Terminator. Weak. Well, at least but Avatar. Didn't... There's no plot holes. Okay, what?
0: <laughs> at least he didn't go for the whole time because this like time travel plot holes or twists. They just hurt my head, and I insist that if once you introduce nah. time travel, you can do whatever you want. So all well, nature. So, so I I am gonna. I hope neither of you has picked anything from Back to the Future or the recent Star Trek movie. It's matter right, and void. So there.
2: Hold on. <laughs> Spock waiting in that cave. What's that out. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. I'm okay.
0: <laughs> but that's the one that I think is more commonly cited for the Terminator movies, and I don't know that.
2: No, but once you happening. go into time travel, and you know, that's basically the screenwriter saying, "I'm going to do whatever the hell I want right,
3: to do." Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, then you're going to love my number two. Which is my
0: only secret one now. But again, those are plot holes. I mean, you can still make the argument those are plot holes, but I just think that time travel is such an easy... No, but Since, well, the thing is, there's no rules around time travel, so you make up whatever you want them to be.
3: Yeah, but they they rule is, okay, his liquid metal can turn into a floor. Isn't that awesome? Oh, right. but most of the time he looks like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> because of casting. Tom Chick explains it. $100 million movie. Uh, you know, we had to pay uh, a human... <laughs>
0: Well, that's, some- actually, seriously though, Kelly Wan, don't you think that I was not crazy about Terminator 2, and I, one of my problems with it is it was mostly just a set piece for set piece remake almost of the first Terminator, but one of the things I really liked about it was how how mundane but, but kind of scary looking Robert Patrick was. No, was I do cinematic. too. Okay. I like this performance.
3: It's just the logic of okay. the, the, the concept of a liquid right. metal Terminator. Is completely
0: well, <laughs> at you know, odds with Robert Patrick's awesome physical acting in that movie. And I, I would argue too that that concept, the liquid metal Terminator, was basically born from this this fancy special effect that James Cameron wanted to use with like the water alien and abyss and stuff. Right. Like that it was such a it was such a technology based gimmick um, that they just sort of cobbled the story around it as best they could. But yeah, you're right. Like you know what, Kellyanne, I think the the perfect example of how they could have played with this idea of a Terminator like that is something like the thing, you know, like right. Who can you trust right. who is the, per, you know, and they, and touch ha- that, they touch on that. Oh, so briefly with like, uh, with like the mom. And when they use uh, Linda Hamilton's sister to play, uh, you, you know, the, the Terminator looking like Sarah Con
3: Oh yeah. And the husband in the third one, he poses
0: as like the, right. Right. What's your face as husband too. So they but can I- do it. Yeah. So yeah, I would have much preferred a a sort of thing based Terminator. Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's just have Wolfie. Just let like, let let Wolfie run around.
0: Oh my God, I can't believe I recognize that. <laughs> They're making a prequel
3: because prequels are so awesome every fucking time. All right, so. uh
0: Yeah, need.
3: Okay, well that's a plot hole, right? Is that not a plot hole or? That's the I thing. A- the
0: plot hole can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Right. So sure. Except the Eagles. The Eagles, I don't think, are a plot hole. I think it's you guys dorking out on Tolkien and missing the point. Dork. I can't wait for day.
2: people to, to start uh, putting in um, flubs as plot holes. The grass right. is half full. That's a plot hole.
0: <laughs> Continuity errors, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, the Stormtrooper hit his head in Star Wars. Plot hole. Oh, it's <laughs> Shutter Island. <his laughs> hand. Uh, wait. Oh, wait a minute. I think I scooped is number two. Yeah, and one. one. Sorry, sorry. It happens to- <laughs> 'Cause the door doesn't open far enough for him to get his helmet under and he just smacks <laughs> it on and that yeah, that wouldn't have happened. I don't think Star Wars this now. <laughs> now. All right, ready? <laughs> All right, so Diggus, what do. is your real number two, other than the trooper hitting his head?
2: <laughs> Sorry. The guy hitting his head isn't my number
1: two.
0: That'd be great.
2: All right, here's my number two. I'm gonna give you a close. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Savage, you are not in a position to ask for anything. We will take what we wish and then decide whether or not to blow your ship from the water.
0: It's probably Indiana Jones.
2: Water it world? definitely is, Which, but which part of Indiana Jones am I objecting to? Oh, oh
3: I
0: know. Takes, I know what he's talking it's about. It's where he's hiding in the... I don't know. Is it where he hides in the ship when it goes to... As he,
3: uh, yeah, he's on the sub, but as he get there...
2: Oh, the submarine thing drives me crazy. It drove me crazy from the moment I saw the movie. Now, the novelization uh, of the movie. uh, What? Oh, God. God God (laughs) God bless him. Yeah, I I, I, I know. I read the novelization, and the guy uh, explains it. So, what happens is Indiana Jones uh, winds up on top of a submarine. After the Nazis take the the crate from the the um the freighter, and uh, and everybody waves to him, hey look, Indiana Jones on is on a submarine, <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to live if he's on top of a submarine. Well, they and left so, it unlocked. Well, well, what I what I kept wondering when I even when I was when I first saw it in a theater theaters, how the hell does he get from? where the submarine is to this this remote island i mean how how does he survive does he crawl into a torpedo tube i mean what the hell happens um and and it, this is just a, a huge plot hole that i just don't care about because i love the movie uh the the uh, and i think it's i think it's lazy it, it's lazy story lazy sc- la- lazy screenwriting it's just we got him here now uh, just don't don't pay attention he got to an island if a guy's standing on a submarine and the submarine has to go any distance, he's dead. I mean, there's no, there's no way around that. Um, the, the, the novelizationalist guy mm-hmm. uh, uh, covers for them as well as he can. I mean, it's, it's pretty pathetic, but he does cover it. But the, the movie doesn't have any qualms about telling you any way how this guy's standing on a submarine. He, how
3: does he get out of it in the
2: book? Oh, in the in the in novelization, he lashes himself to the periscope with his wit. <laughs> <Wait, laughs> that's pass- the solution. That's the solution. I, as far uh, as I remember, I mean, I read it when I was, you know, what what is this? Nineteen eighty-one. I read it in nineteen eighty-one. So I remember him lashing himself to the periscope. So apparently, the submarine travels across the ocean with its periscope up the entire way, and Indiana Jones lashes himself to the periscope with his wit.
3: No food or water. <laughs>
0: No. I actually, I actually did read Dingus that that was part of a uh, like a deleted scene that that was part of a script draft. So what? for the novelization, he probably got it from that. Uh, oh, it was that? I think so. I, I, oh, I, awesome. I like, read happened? it on the internet. I don't. D- d- I can trust. I trust that about as far as I can throw it. But I, I have heard that floated before that that was part. I've of heard the, that too, but
3: it doesn't. It's still a plot hole. Well, here's the question <laughs> I have:
0: Where does the submarine go from and to? I don't remember right. the specifics. So so what, Dingus? Do you remember where it leaves from and where it goes to?
2: No, I just remember seeing a lot of uh, red dots on a big ocean map. And it was a a significant journey, enough that, I mean, a submarine's going to submerge. I mean, there's no way around that. Why? Because this is wartime, and it's German U-boats. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark is during the war? I don't (laughs) think that's
2: right. Am I You're right? Hey, I'm sorry, that's true. There but were no Nazis during Depression. No,
0: no, no, I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but I thought that in, that it was, like, pre-World War II. I could be wrong about that.
3: No? Oh, my God. Well, wait.
0: Like, that hostility hadn't broken out. I could be wrong, but I thought Indiana Jones, like, he hated Nazis before he really had reason to hate them, that his hate of
2: Nazis was kind of prescient. Am I wrong about that? Well, the, the guys are talking about Hitler getting stuff Getting, he hated
3: getting Nazis because of Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: They're talking about Hitler getting these antiquities so that his armies can defeat everybody. I mean, okay,
0: I didn't know that. Tom's I, I, right; it's thirty-six. Okay. He's right. So here's the thing: then it's entirely it's plausible that a submarine doesn't have to submerge if it's not wartime. Now, in bad weather, it can move more quickly if it's surfaced, but, but no one, one else region... would come out. No, well, yeah, yeah. Well, he he hides behind the conning tower. Ah, uh, this is. <laughs> But no, you're right. I remember that. That's a legitimate one. It's kind of, I, I mean, all of these are legitimate, but I remember thinking how silly that was. But right now, I would say that if it's not during the war, the submarine doesn't necessarily have to submerge.
2: <laughs> okay. He so, could have just, he could have skied behind it, actually.
0: <laughs> I saw
3: the movie in the theater when I was 12 and thought that when it happened the first time I saw that movie. Right. At 12. Like, what? Yeah, me
2: what? too. <laughs> How's he get in the thing? Yeah. But you totally just decide, eh, oh, well.
3: No, it troubled me. <laughs> it really, because it was the only thing in the movie that was like that, because everything else was like, oh, yeah, all right, okay, he just drives the truck to that place, and they put him in the garage, because he had this, he had more things planned than he says he did. That's okay, I can buy it.
1: <laughs> but
3: like
0: the stuff. I was like, wait, what? All right, Kelly, what's your number two? Is it a non-dorky one? No, it's actually the worst one. Oh, wait, wait, it's my turn. Hold on, you don't get to go.
2: Good. Wait, is it my turn? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is your turn. This is a plot hole in this podcast. <sighs>
0: So we're back. You know what? I was I was sure you guys weren't going to be doing like Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, I, and so I picked like Die Hard, and now my number two, my number two is Aliens. Which again, <laughs> shut up! Wait shut a up. minute, you're you're. I
3: know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what
0: he's complaining. You're
2: criticizing.
3: About. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah, I th- you guys are doing nerd movies. I'm doing <laughs> I, Aliens. I no, so.
0: I, did. <laughs> so I, I didn't. So I didn't realize. realize so that's my problem with Aliens, even more so than Die Hard. I think Aliens is such a, a well-paced, so well-described, it's got a great sense of who's doing what to whom and how long this takes and why they can do this but not this. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's James Cameron I, at the top of his craft. I think he's never done a movie as good as Aliens, and it's partly because of its sense of place and, and people and who's where and when the ship is here and there. So Kellywan, do you really know what the plot hole is in Aliens? Because I think it's pretty obscure.
3: Uh, I'll tell you what I think it is, okay. and then when you're done, I'm going to tell you two things in Alien that annoy me <laughs> that are huge plot holes. Besides the fact they keep splitting up.
0: Okay, we'll save those for your. Uh, okay, up. yeah, that's for later.
3: Okay, Aliens. What I believe you're talking about is how does the Queen get on the ship? Oh see. no, no,
0: no. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it could happen like off screen when we don't see. I mean, the, these aliens. No, we
3: do see we see them get on
0: but when when the, the ship shop. is when Ripley jumps to the ship when the alien the alien queen is in pursuit it could happen that she latch, latches on to the outside of it. We, i mean that's just an instance of something happened that the filmmaker doesn't show us there's there's no reason to to think that that's a plot hole it's just something that we as the audience weren't privy to happening
3: mm.
0: no i think Remember i'm thinking of that?
3: something else? there were okay where the where the um, vehicle comes back on in the middle of the movie. I think an alien gets on board then
0: because that's what takes out the ship. Remember, they lose the ship because an alien's on board. Well, that's with Pharaoh and Spunkmeyer. Exactly. And that's where but the dropship. the dropship drops off the vehicle. And this is this is partly what I'm talking about, Kelly Wand.
3: OK, so you are talking about the one I'm talking about. I don't think ship. I
0: am because I'm convinced this is a really obscure one that nobody but me has noticed. I'm about to I'm about to break this. Tell me what I'll see. So okay, the dropship has Spunkmeyer and Pharaoh on it. Right. They're flying, and then inside of the APC is everyone else that we see. So the dropship comes down. It lets the APC drive off in that great shot where it you know briefly drops down. The ramp falls. The APC drives off. The the dropship flies away and lands somewhere else to be safe, even though an alien's going to get on it. And then from then on, we're with everybody in the APC. And they go through their various travails, the dropship gets crashed, um, and at some point, Bishop has to call down the other dropship. So the plot hole is Bishop magically appears. We never see him in the APC or in the dropship. Bishop sure. is not shown, there, there's no way, it's almost like they were shooting without, without Lance Henriksen for a while. And then partway through, we're like, oh, we want this character here, but we already shot a bunch of scenes in the interior of the dropship without him. He's not th- – so we're just going to hope nobody notices. So it's a little obscure, weird thing, and it's something that I didn't notice until maybe I'd seen it 12 times or whatever. But I think they screwed that up. I don't think Bishop ever is – is. there's no way Bishop got Planet planetside. What? So is that is that too obscure? Has anyone else noticed that? He's definitely not – Okay, he could be in the APC, and we don't see him. Nope, because you he, see the entire interior of the APC. You see who's driving, you see where the men are sitting. Like all maybe of he's
3: is, in like the, the android locker. Well, exactly.
0: He's sort of like a ventriloquist dummy. When they don't need him, they keep him in a box, and then they take him out at one point. But it, it's uh-huh. like he magically appears at one point to bring the dropship down. Because I think the intent is that he was going to stay up on the Sulaco. Mm-hmm. When everything's going down, but then at some point they're like, oh, we need him down here. I don't oh. know. Maybe it's just me, but I thought that that's a, a plot hole that only I noticed about aliens.
3: I still think the aliens that take out the ship, the Sulaco. Mm-hmm or is that the drop ship i'm thinking
0: of i think maybe it's the
3: drop ship what, drop what crashes don't... and blows up because there's aliens on
0: it that's that spunkmeyer the... and uh and pharaoh the pharaoh's the female pilot spunkmeyer's the guy she's like spunkmeyer get up here and he's like wait a minute there's something on here and he's got alien goo on his hand and then you show uh pharaoh uh, yeah.
2: in the cockpit so when no bishop, bishop does his product placement is that after what you're talking about
0: Yes, absolutely. Because at one point we have him show up and that's where he's announcing the only way we can get off this planet is if I manually align the dish to fly down the other the backup dropship.
3: We see the A P C come out of that ship and the door is shut and no aliens get on board. We see that shot and then
0: aliens are on board it. The aliens never so get on the we, APC, by the way. The aliens get on the, the secondary dropship.
3: Right. So yeah, the drop ship, I'm saying we see that.
0: Well, we they, they don't the, have to see it get on board because presumably the queen clings onto the outside of it. We see Ripley at that very last minute running away from the queen get on board the dropship. And the dropship flies away. And presumably the queen is clinging to the other side of the dropship where we can't see her. That's one. That's the second time
3: in that movie. I guess it's what they do. Aliens right. have the superpower where you never see
0: they're on your ship. Well, you're the one who pointed out before how cool it is when an alien like blends into like man-made objects. Right. right? It's just how yeah
2: she out there. did you watch that again Tom
0: I did not that that's just one of these things that I've always sort of I've been very proud of myself for being the only one who picked that out and maybe it is explained at some point and if anybody's listening knows what the deal is with Bishop suddenly appearing I, w- I would love to know
2: well now that you say it I can't I can't remember how he got down there I can't picture him during the
0: drops Because we see during the drop, we see everybody in the dropship. We see Pharaoh and Spunkmeyer, and then everybody else is inside that APC. And the sense of place in that APC is very clear. It's got the little driving area up front, and where all the dudes sit in the back, and that's where they all load in for the drop. Right. Uh, And and Bishop just magically appears at some point. Maybe Kelly's right. Maybe replicants live in a locker.
2: No, I like that. Uh, I like I like this one very much because I can't picture, and I've never questioned it before. That's where Ash gets his
3: magazines, because he's in the locker, but the magazines are. But also, uh, in Alien, okay, the Alien's tiny at the Spaghetti Festival, right? and then the next time we see it, it's fucking seven feet tall. So what did it eat between then and then, and what were the eggs (laughs) going to eat? It got that tall, it got like, its mass increased by 12, 15 times.
2: Well it was awesome. carb loading. I mean carbs. Well, I
3: don't know. Okay. Good number two. <laughs> just that is good. Stuff. I'm
2: I'm and now I want to watch that movie again, except the only version I have is the director's cut, which I really don't like watching. Which is
0: not a director's cut, by the way. I think they're they call it the extended edition. Like I don't ah. that's officially sanctioned by uh, Cameron. I think Cameron knew to cut the colony stuff early on, uh, and this is like some sort of a studio extended edition. Hmm. So, all right so uh, kelly one what is your number two please get us out of this dorkitude <laughs> i'm gonna go quick because i
3: it's one you guys won't give a shit about it like an bit,
0: ingmar, please say it's like an ingmar bergman movie is it in black and white is it something french no, please no give us it's something like that it's time travel i should just change it because it's no so no you're no don't, your go kelly wand. you're locked in what's your number all
2: right two? it's your christopher reeve time movie with jane seymour go ahead
3: that one makes sense oh <laughs> <laughs> seymour Know what I'm saying? But uh, my number two is from a movie that I, I wanted to murder when I saw it. It was so irritating to me—the whole fucking movie. Everything about it, I hate it. It's like my least favorite movie ever. It's the Time Machine, the Guy Pierce one. Did you guys even see it?
2: I knew better. <laughs> no, I didn't see it either. But please tell us.
0: I did see the one with. Uh, Ed Burns and the the monkeys, the monkey lizard.
3: Oh yeah, that's uh, Sound Gunford of Thunder. Dinosaur. Yeah, Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder right. with Ben Kingsley,
0: <laughs> one of Sir Ben Kingsley's uh, performances.
3: It, he was slumming off of species, but anyway. <laughs> the time so she, the, Yeah, what?
0: I can't imagine there's a plot hole in that. Really?
3: Are you yeah. serious? What? No. It's such a dumb, boring one. T- okay, at the <laughs> beginning of the movie he is getting married to this blonde chick, but she dies. So his first thing to use the time machine for is to go back and like change, like, and then she wants, she dies like a different way. Like she gets run over by a stagecoach. It's like final destination, but in the 1890s. And, uh, so he's like, oh, I guess you can't change the past. Ugh. So he goes into a depression and then make, then he goes into the future. So, this whole thing is, like, you can't change the past, or some arbitrary force will, like... He's, it is changing the past, because it's like you just die in a different way. So it's actually a big hassle, really. But anyway, so he goes into the future, and then uh, he hangs around with the Morlocks and the, the Eloi, and then um, he goes into the future from that, and he sees, like, all the earth is covered with Morlock caves and these metal dinosaurs and he goes oh I can go back and change this so it doesn't happen and then he goes back and changes it so he changes the past at the end by like doing something with Jeremy Irons
0: Jeremy so the moral Irons is, is in Time Machine <sighs> wow
3: yeah he's like the king of the Morlocks or something
0: I thought Morlocks were like monkeys or something aren't they are they human they're cannibals yeah they're debased cannibal albinos so there. what's is there like? Is there like Morlock like makeup on Jeremy Irons?
3: Yeah, and white hair. But he's the only one who look. And he talks English, but none of them can talk.
0: You're making me want to see this. You didn't see it? No. Who directed
3: Deployed it? it. H. Uh, right. G. Wells is like great great grandson or something. You're such a liar. <laughs> he had
0: a <laughs> that's, nervous attack. That's hat. true. Yeah, Are you serious? Like, some dude who's just whose claim to fame was being distantly related, H. G. Wells.
3: Yeah. Was and he, he, had like a, movie he had a
0: nervous breakdown.
3: No, no. They just go well, he know probably knows what he's doing because he's related <laughs> to the guy. Or, a book, <laughs> no, years ago. And he had like a nervous breakdown and he didn't finish it or something. So it's like some other dude had to come in and second unit it. Oh but Kelly Juan, like,
0: you don't I don't think you understand how much you've sold me on this. <laughs> 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 I
3: can't. Yeah. He like destroys the machine. He goes, "Yeah, it's only a machine. Fuck the machine." And the movie's called the Time Machine. Like, oh boy, a time machine! How exciting! It's like it ends with him just going, "Eh, time machine, lame." Who else so famous w- is what's in the? It? Oh.
2: I just want to know what what's the plot hole again? Sounds like the whole movie.
3: The plot <laughs> hole is he can't change the past, or he says that he can't, even though he does repeatedly. He just it's like his his girlfriend keeps dying in all these different ways because. Time is evil, or something. But then, in the few,
0: in the end of the movie, he changes the past. So the it's plot hole is simply that he's not very bright. <laughs> sometimes uh,
2: dead of, is better.
0: He
3: just says he can't change the past. But here's the thing: you, there is no past. It's all like it's like the movie forgets that the time is like a river, man, and it's like all happened at the same time. It's a human construct. Like, what we call the past is the present
0: for those people.
3: Never mind.
0: All right. So write it all
3: down on the <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's get to the big guns. Let's pull out the big guns now. Dingus, what is your number one biggest plot hole of all time in all of filmdom? Uh,
2: my Give us favorite a Give us number a one is is uh, Shadow Cat entering a room.
0: <laughs> He's very fussy. Sorry.
2: Do you need to let him out or something?
0: No, he just likes to talk. Come in and talk at me.
2: Alright, that's fine if he's got one.
0: Is he recovering?
2: Tell him to bring it.
0: Alright. Yeah, his his favorite three by three plot holes from the Marmaduke movie. <laughs> so, uh, not, I thought he was not. gonna
2: pick Gar uh, Garfield. Good no, for him. No, he
0: can't stand that stuff. That's why he's not on the podcast. He's uh he's not really qualified, I'm afraid, so.
2: It's too bad. Alright, my awesome. number one has has the following line in it. Awesome. You don't need that man. Only sissies wear that. You don't need that. <laughs> oh, I love
0: this. What is that? Sissies. I think I, do I love this movie, Dingus? What is that?
2: Yes, Crank? you do this movie. This was high our, Voltage. Wait, wait, wait Don't say, talking, No, because
0: like, Dingus is doing, he's doing an accent. You can usually tell. Well, but he
3: always I'm, does the wrong accent. And, well, that's what I'm saying. Is you can Schwarzenegger lot, for Lord of the Rings.
0: Right, you can tell a lot from what, what accent you think, what accent I think he thinks he's doing. Right. So I think he thinks he's doing. You guys are like, I guess Colin Abusive
2: thing? lovers.
0: <laughs> do, do it again, Dingus. I want to listen to the accent again. Do it again. <laughs> okay, I'm going to the... do
2: an entirely different accent. Okay, you ready? You don't need that, man. Only sissies wear that. You don't need Start that. Trick. Spock in the cave.
0: Oh, no, my God, he's doing sanctum. Is that sanctum?
2: No. Oh,
3: <laughs> there's no plot holes in sanctum. <laughs> Just holes.
0: Dingus, yeah. who says the line? If you tell us the name of the actor who says that line, will it give it away?
2: Of course. If I tell you the character name, it'll give it away.
0: Character name? I don't know character names.
2: James Bond. You would know this one as as soon as I said it. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay. You ready? Yep. His name is Wickus.
0: Oh, wait a minute. What plot holes?
3: it? Oh, uh... District I, I,
0: I, I, totally, I know the moment. Yeah, absolutely now, but I don't... I, are there plot holes in that? Come on. Section 9, or, uh... uh district... No. <laughs> the was it called district nine no district nine district nine district nine's pretty airtight isn't it what's the plot hole
2: uh for me the plot hole is the is the whole um the thing about the alien fluid and i you you have to know i absolutely love this movie it was in my top 10 that year in fact um i think it was in my top five I, i can't remember where it was uh but um the the uh the alien fluid thing for me is is a little bit bothersome and and it's the one thing about this movie that was sort of like, what uh, for me is that um, there's this precious fluid that Christopher, uh, the, the main alien guy, has collected for 20 years, just carefully, painstakingly for 20 years has collected this alien fluid that will be the only thing that can power the, um, the command module of the ship. The only thing that can power the ship back to his home world that can get them off of this planet. And and he's just been so careful for 20 years to get the exact amount he needs to get them off of the planet. And he keeps all of it in this one little canister. And and he's just so careful about how much he needs over 20 years. And then um, Wickus accidentally sprays this stuff in his own face, but there's still enough. But, but it's that... Idea that that they've carefully measured out and extricated, and extracted all of this little precious, the most precious fluid for their people on the planet, and and Wicket's just spray some of it, but there's still enough. But not only that, it's that over twenty years of carefully, carefully extracting this li- this liquid, he's kept it in one little. Cylinder. He hasn't hidden it anywhere else. He hasn't tried to hide it anywhere else. And at the moment of truth, he gets his dumbest friend to try to hide it for him, who hides it in the lunchbox. Um, but, I mean, I, I I was more careful with my porn collection when I was a kid. Uh, but this this precious fluid, he, he keeps it in one little cylinder that just gets passed around wherever, rather than squirreling it away in this special underground place that nobody knows about but him and his son – that nobody can find. Rather than hiding little bits of it down there, he keeps it in one canister that they have to go get. And so that—that that I think is a pretty huge plot hole in a film that I otherwise love.
0: So here's a question: Then, is that a plot hole, or does that say something about the character? Like, isn't that isn't part of the deal? And I could—I'm I'm absolutely willing to say that I'm—I'm I'm wrong, Dingus. But part of my, my instinct is to defend District Nine. So here's my defense, and let me know if this works. <laughs> Isn't that basically just telling you how ill-prepared the, the aliens are, and how they've been cowed by their refugee status, and how things are just real slapdash for them? I mean, the fact that they live in this shanty town with all this technology that they could use to rise up if they were organized or more motivated. I mean, doesn't that sort of say more about the aliens' plight as refugees than? But he's supposed a to be the smart one. Life? Uh, okay i mean that's so
3: he's
2: not set up what i think you're talking about tom is the difference between is the cast difference and that's that's what other people bring up as an idea of why this movie doesn't work for them is that you know over all this time all they care about is cat food and none of them can operate their weapons and they don't rise up and i think this is the one guy who should be smart enough and is smart enough when you look at the technology and you look at the way he's raising his son and how clever his son is and how his, his son reacts to the world. This is the one guy in, in their civilization or in their, in their race who should, be, who should know better. Now, the other aliens, you're absolutely right. They're cowed. They're in a different cast. They can't do any of this. But he's acting the part in order to play the long game. I mean, okay. he's playing the long game this whole time, and so this little thing is a is a little bit of a MacGuffin. So we're going to lose the fluid because he was too stupid to squirrel it away. Okay, and I, think I don't think that character is that stupid.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna grant you that one on one condition. Okay. That you do the line force one more time.
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna do that.
0: <laughs> then I'm sorry you can't have. Then I'm gonna ridicule your choice. Yeah, choice not a ridiculous. plot hole. Oh yeah. no, Until you do the line one more time, that choice is is terrible. <laughs>
3: Also, doesn't he say, like, oh, it's going to take us two years to get to the planet? And then later he says, okay, we're going to the planet and coming back. It'll take two years.
2: It's three years.
3: Three years. But don't they say three years, like, interchangeably for both one-way trip and round-trip time?
2: No, I don't. Well, you might be—I don't think so. I think he—I mean, it's very clear that it's three years and and that Wicca says, wait a minute— there might have been too many clicks there, but did you say three years? I think it's it's very much a three years thing.
0: And that's because also, how long, that's how long it takes to make a sequel. <laughs> Star Wars movies. Hey, uh, where do you hide your porn now that you're an adult? <laughs> <laughs> From Wendy. You set British. yourself up for that one, Dingus. I was porn- a little surprised you are going to bring that analogy in. So go ahead, Dingus, answer his question.
2: I don't need porn because I'm married.
0: <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, All right, my I- number one. Uh, is I, I can't believe we're not... Every movie... Okay, this is our probably going to be our least dorky movie. This is kind of a <laughs> dork movie, too. After Aliens, see? So my number one, I don't know that... It's a plot hole in that I think the director was given a set of rules. He was given a really richly drawn world, and he did a fantastic sequel to this richly drawn world. But in telling the story he wanted to tell, I think he broke some of the rules, and it kind of drives me crazy. And Dingus and I both... Been over backwards, trying to
2: yeah.
0: work this mannequin out. two on the move, uh, and I just don't think you can work it out. I think this is flat out a plot hole. I can Tom, understand.
2: don't do this. Don't do this. I got to do it. I'm begging you it. not to do this.
0: I got to do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the caveat though that it's not a plot hole so hmm. much as a willfully ignored rule. Gremlins, and, and that is Robert Carlyle as the the infected father in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. He behaves in a a way that is completely incongruous with everything we know about the virus that was introduced in the first movie and as we see it working in the second movie. For whatever reason, and I think it's because Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, the director of 28 Weeks Later, wanted to tell a story about betrayal. Um, For whatever reason, Robert Carlyle, as an infected guy, doesn't observe the rules of the rage virus. He can creep around quietly in the dark. He can recognize people and respond to them. He can uh, he can evade a firebombing, um, but because we need this story to be about how he betrays not only his wife but his kids, he does all these things that the other infected people can't do. And I think it's a huge people people complain about I think really silly things in Twenty Eight Weeks Later, like oh the military was stupid or oh that never would have happened or why do why do the lights turn out when they put all the refugees in the basement? And I think all that stuff misses the point. Like I think all of that is completely plausible. It makes sense. Like like aliens, like Die Hard. I think 28 Weeks Later is a very tightly, well-told, sensible story where people do smart things. That's actually the one one of the the most one of the coolest elements about 28 Weeks Later is that people don't have to do stupid or mean or petty or evil things in order for, for the, this the zombie apocalypse to come about. You know, this is a story about people doing smart, compassionate. Things and and everything still goes badly, but I hate the fact that they have to break the rules of the rage virus for Robert Carlyle's character.
3: Uh, I thought because he was a carrier, like she's a car- like the mom is, and that's why he's different.
0: Well, he's not a carrier. I mean, he's full blown infected. She's she's the carrier. Yeah. No, because no, but the
3: because the since Harry's he's
0: right, go ahead right.
3: Sorry. Well, since he's one generation from her. Maybe it's, it affects him differently. Okay,
0: well, that I could buy, Kelly Wand, but then he goes on to infect other people who then, if it, if it was like a, a different strain of the virus, but it all starts with her passing it to him, and then everybody that he infects goes on to act just like the, according to the rules of the, the first movie. Uh, they just run flat out blinding rage at whoever they can. Uh, there, there's no singling out people. There's no hiding. There's no quietly moving around in the subway at the end. So that he can kill Rose Byrne, you know, all that stuff is 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 just contrived stuff.
2: Uh, and and nobody. Well, t- Tom, no, how did we uh, try to justify this?
0: <laughs> we had this idea, and I, I I don't know if I like if I could sit down with Juan Carlos Fresnadillo while he's like writing this and coming up with the idea, and I see this draft of the script. I don't know if I would actually want to try to sell him on this because I don't know that it works. But but we for a while wondered maybe. It's the children imagining that this one infected person – no, it doesn't work.
2: No, this is what we came up with, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is what we tried to fit, is that maybe it's the children imagining that they see an infected person. That it's their dad. And it's their own insecurity and their own anxiety. They assume it's their dad. But part of why that doesn't hold up is – and you know that when he evades the firebombing, maybe that's Andy's fantasy about my dad's still out there, he's still coming for us – but I, I don't think there's any there's any internal support for that theory that this is a manifestation of their anxiety. This is their imagining of just a random infected person attacking them, and they assume it's their dad. There, there's there's really no support for that in the movie. Well, when he first gets infected, he acts like the normal infected. He does. So but then he oh. settles down and you know he <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he can track his his specific children and there's just there's nothing in any of the other infected's behavior to indicate that they recognize their loved ones yeah. or and that they can they have those higher mental abilities
0: right. and certainly the and I hate when zombie movies do this i you know when he moves around quietly in the dark at the very right. end you know right. the infected they yell they holler they make this terrible hissing noise right. They move at...
2: They're not stealthy.
3: Grade. They're just fast. That's the problem with them.
0: Huh. Guys. Yeah, so...
2: Tom, right. you kind of broke... You broke the code by bringing that one up, by the way.
0: Why did I break yeah. the code, though? Isn't that a big one, though? That's a big one in that it's a movie I really care about. And
2: it's, it's a big a- one, but you broke the code. We were silent about that.
0: I didn't know we had a code. I, I didn't... Why? Because you... Silence. It's... But it works in
2: that
3: movie because the whole movie is like nightmare dream logic. So. Oh, it's I still love the Kelly movie,
2: King. but it—but it's—it's hard to admit that that, that there's, there's something of, that big in a movie that you love, and then you have to defend it.
0: And I don't think it's nightmare dream logic, Kelly Wand. I think the movie is is very real world logic. Uh, you know, no, the way, the, the, way you, the
3: military, because the military. Uh-huh. Loses their control like they do not. That's wrong. And the way the lights all go out, there's no. They do reason not for
0: lose that. their control. By the way, the military solves the problem. Right,
2: the military. The, the, acts, the reason yeah.
0: the problem fails <laughs> is seriously, Kelly Wand. The reason the problem fails uh, is on uh, two uh, important points that are not driven by the psycho dude letting the zombies in. In most zombie movies, the reason the plot fails is because of two instances of compassion subverting right. the military's rule. One, where Robert Carlyle goes in to see his wife. And I'm still not clear on what's going on between them. I don't know if it's forgiveness, but there's certainly like a lot of anguish there. And I love how ambiguous it is. You know, when she's kissing him, does she know she's infecting him? Does, I think you know, so. Uh, well, whatever. I mean, I don't think the movie necessarily takes a statement on that, but it's it's an act of compassion that he. It's not to
2: compassion; it's so much as guilt, isn't it? Uh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. I'll get I'll give it that. But it's 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 you know he's not doing it for an evil reason. He really wants to, I think, be forgiven and make up for for leaving his wife. It haunts right. Uh, right, but the act of compassion, though, that ultimately undoes everything. That means condition red. I think that's code red, condition red. I keep forgetting. Nerd alert. The, the military, you know, when Idris <laughs> Elba calls this down, what the military does: lock, contain the survivors in one place where they can't be wandering around, uh, firebomb the town, and then surround the area with poison gas. That works. The reason the infection uh, breaks out is because Harold Perrineau's character, the helicopter pilot, presumably because he has his own kids agrees to fly uh, Andy and Tammy? Is it? No, I forget the girl's name. Agrees to fly the two children out. Right. Uh, according to Jeremy Renner saying, you know, get these kids out of here. His initial inclination say, no, I'm in the military. You know, these are the rules. This is how we handle this. He eventually, his own compassion, and we learn he's a father. I think it's an important thing to know. He right. takes those kids out of there, and that's what fails. Everything but he's the military, the military. He's the military, but everything the military does as a body, as their plans for handling this, works. Mm. As an entity, yeah.
3: Because I just remember them; they lose all their civilians.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they,
3: I guess, you call that a
0: solution.
2: I call that as a failure. It's Uh, containment. I mean, they've contained it. That's what their job was. And and
0: you're right; it is. Uh, You know, Robert Carlyle does subvert the system by using his little card. You know, it's a human being that breaks the system down, and the military does respond correctly once they call out Code Red. You know, once they say, you know, we're, we're firebombing the city. It works.
3: Uh, well, they let him in and they let him out. They, let they him didn't. Out. Robert Carlyle, like he. Well, he's in an
0: insecure, in an unsecured area. He's a dude. He's a janitor. You know, he's got his card. He can get into certain places, and he gets in and gets infected, and then he can run around outside of a place that's been contained. Right.
3: So that I don't see how that's an example of military effectiveness. Well,
0: they've been. Like they've let, what, they've okay, given here, him. here you go, Kelly Wand. So he gets out. This idea, the, the plan A, which is lock up the civilians in one place and keep them safe, that fails. What does the military right. then do? More failure. No, it doesn't. It doesn't fail. They firebomb the area, and they surround it with poison gas. It, it kills it all of the out. infected. Mm. All right.
2: One of my, my le- favorite things about th- this, Tom, that you've said over the last couple of years is that while everything you said is true, that this is a huge plot hole and, and it's a little bit galling to admit it, is that – that I, I think you've said this before – is that the director just decided, you know, we're going to break these rules in, in the service of a different story and we're just going to do that. Right. But it's still it's still a hole because the rules – because, you, know, you know, we're all big – fans of rules in these kinds of stories and and the rules in the first movie are I, I think should be honored, but except he decides not to and it works for this story and I really like that, but it's tough to defend it.
3: Yeah. And maybe it's just a mutation of the original virus.
0: Well, but then Kelly Wan, why does this new newly mutated virus make everyone after the first character
2: behave? Well,
3: if it makes, if we can have one carrier, why isn't there two? Like, there's a generation, there's a transitional carrier whose job it is, because she only affects him and infects him. Never mind.
0: The thing You're is, the, right. the setup <laughs> Kelly Wan is that people with two different colored eyes have some sort of immunity to the symptoms. They carry the disease. But he and doesn't Andy have it does, Just like Andy does at the end of the movie, which he presumably uh. got from his mother, but they don't exhibit the symptoms. Robert Carlyle's eyes are the same color. It's only Andy and... Uh, I forget the actress's name. She's fantastic. McCart?
2: No. Rose? No, no. Rose <laughs> was the
0: nurse, but the mother.
2: Right. Oh, oh, that's right. Catherine
3: McCormick? Maybe he's wearing one fake contact lens
0: for vanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to say, to respond to you, Dingus, so so the, the thing that... that for all three of my movies, I thought they were such great examples, and this is Die Hard, Aliens, and 28 Weeks Later, of, of movies that really honor the rules. Mm. They're very they're they're not necessarily rules. Well, I would, they're not like rules based like Inception maybe, but but they're very meticulous about the rules, except for the the three instances that I've that I've brought up. Uh, a movie like Lord of the Rings, I think if you have like magic and too much sci-fi, you can kind of break those rules. Like once you say I don't have to explain this because it's magic. Um, but I think in both of my three movies, they tend to be real careful about explaining things, except for these particular points. Mm. So that's why I picked those. So there you go. So the, and we now know Kelly Wan's number one. But
2: well, let's let him let's, let him let's let him actually tell us. Let's pretend, we don't know look, yeah. <laughs> let's pretend we don't know. Let's pretend we don't know. Let's have a reveal here. Kelly, right, what's Kelly your number Wan,
0: one? your number one? Yeah, what could it be? My is number one
2: is uh,
3: if Liv Tyler is an elf... Why can she choose <laughs> mortality? I mean, you know, you can't just say it, can you?
0: So, what what runners up did, did you guys have? I know. Wait, got wait to... Kelly,
2: is is yours uh, the same? It, was it just the Lord of the Rings eagle singer? Were you oh, grieving? I said it was. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Okay. Right.
3: Yeah, but I can change it. Don't you know, change it. I have other good ones. Want so to make sure? Pick... Almost all mine are science fiction, though. Right. Because there are no in Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, there aren't any plot holes, really.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, no plot
2: Right. All right, Tom was right to go with Runners-Up.
3: Lost Highway makes ads right. up.
2: What are your Runners-Up, Tom?
0: I don't really have that many because I don't normally care about plot holes.
3: Right, or mm-hmm. source material, or what words mean, like documentary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Physical bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom just doesn't care, Period. Like you hear things like, OK, so here's one that, that I think people have talked about that I think it's it's again, it's missing the, the point when people <laughs> say, oh, at the end of Fight Club, uh, you, you know, the all the you know, because Tyler Durden thinks he's going to bring down these skyscrapers and it's going to destroy credit in the world. Uh-huh. But obviously there's some offsite backup of the credit records, So therefore, this plan would have failed. What? <laughs> so, I think that's not a level that the movie works on. The movie assumes uh, <laughs> that he does indeed bring about an apocalypse. And second-guessing how credit card companies actually store their records is not a legitimate lens through which to examine that movie.
3: I just <laughs> assumed he did it to other buildings, and they were just had a view of those two in particular.
0: Um, okay, I can go with that. Shut up, Kelly <laughs> You're an idiot. idiot. But I really I don't have that many runners-up. I did Google a bunch of stuff to see what... and what kind of things like people write about on the internet and and just so you guys know it's all stuff like y'all are talking about (laughs) with with star wars Wars. Uh, any any uh, uh, top 10 movie plot hole what's your favorite what's your favorite star
2: wars plot hole
0: there are no plot plot holes in star wars because there is no plot so there Ooh. there were no forks at medieval times hence so there
2: (laughs) but they had diet pepsi
0: All right. What did you guys come up with that didn't make your your top three, but that you uh, wanted to mention anyway? What do you got? I was always troubled uh,
3: that after we saw *Phantom Menace*, that okay, that Vader wouldn't have recognized C-3PO in *Empire Strikes Back*. (laughs) (laughs)
2: La 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 la.
3: And my Star Wars friend, his response to that was. No, C-3PO would have been like a toaster. Like, you wouldn't remember a toaster you'd made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what if it had a British accent and uh, Chewbacca was wearing it? aha! Uh-huh, can win. I do a Star Wars one? I want to do a yeah, Star yeah, Wars Yeah, 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 you can do Star Wars. Let's take turns. Why didn't that Star- guy
2: destroy the, the pod at the beginning of New Hope? Hello? What pod? Duh. <laughs>
0: Why would they want oh,
2: a laser? Because Obi Wan
3: waved his hand and talked oh, his good face point. after he rubbed his butthole. Also, so that's runners
0: up, you guys. Go no, no, stars. whoa, 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 whoa.
3: <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> I've already mentioned this one, but in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the black and white one, when Becky falls asleep, she ah, just right, turns. Right. She wakes up as the pod. but... You, it's like it changes your body. It's a different body. So it wouldn't have just like, you know, eyes don't close and you wake up and you're. It's like you die, and become dust. And then another thing. All right, go. That's, that's my. A, no,
0: that's a good one. Kelly wand. I hate you. Why, um, hey, I like that one. Don't hate me because I like your your runner up. I like it better I, than your one, two and three. Uh,
3: <laughs> I like that you consider <laughs> Eagles magic just because they do a wizard's bidding.
0: <laughs> Hello. How big are those? Kelly, Wan, There's no such thing as as that big. There's no such thing as an eagle that big. But it's middle earth that can carry Ian McKellen.
2: So you're fine with gigantic elephants then?
0: Oliphants. Those are those are Those aren't elephants. What about midgets called hobbits? Those are magic because they're different sized people. Those don't exist either.
3: (laughs) Well, their feet are hairier, so they're not. They're cavemen. They're like.
2: What have you been fishing with all this time? Uh, one of my favorite um, plot holes. I don't. Does this even count as a plot hole? The fact that uh, Saving Private Ryan is the flashback of a guy who's not there.
0: See a lot of. Plot yeah, holes, I I consider that a plot hole. Yeah. What Tom? A, a lot of plot holes are actually, I think, uh, intentional gotchas. And th- that's that one doesn't one make uh, any there.
3: Why is he remembering
0: D-Day if he wasn't at D-Day? That one bugs me. I agree with Dingus. Well, I, hate, I, I hate those bookends anyway, and that's just one of the new reasons I hate them.
2: And that's why I didn't include it, because it's just ridiculous and yeah. stupid.
0: Gotcha. Steven Spielberg, oh. gotcha, dingus.
3: He gotcha. Let's dissolve the D-Day from his... Uh, from
2: <laughs> Another one from a movie I hate is that the, the uh, aliens in the movie Signs are allergic to water, but they're on a planet full of water and running through the yeah. corn, which is probably covered in dew. And they never have any problem until, you know... They get right. glasses and they don't and they wear
0: suits. Them. Why don't they just wear spacesuits? You know what? Interested. You know what? You guys? You know what? M Night Shyamalan? He gotcha. 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 gotcha.
3: <laughs> also, Bruce Willis is allergic to water and Un- unpredictable. What's it called? I <laughs> uh, <laughs> know. Uh,
0: unknown. <laughs> and
2: also, uh, Matrix batteries. Humans. What?
0: All oh, right. Right. What's wrong with that? It's like humans, matter-like. I mean, we don't know what the aliens need from us, or the machines, or who who takes over the alien. No, they're Rob. It's like Skynet, isn't that the whole deal with Matrix? Yeah,
2: but humans don't give up enough energy to make use of batteries.
0: Bring, don't bring your petty science into my movie-going experiences. <laughs>
3: so I apologize. Also, in Maximum Overdrive, how come like the <laughs> coffee maker doesn't try to get mad at them? Because Steven Spielberg, uh, Steven, Stephen Spielberg, uh, Stephen King, your favorite should, Stephen should, King, should not Stephen be Stephen
2: Steven. Kingberg, <laughs>
0: yeah. racist. That's what you get. Wait, what was your answer to that? Because Stephen King should not be uh, directing movies. <laughs> uh, didn't he direct Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, he absolutely that was his debut, yeah. debut. Now I huh. do feel that he should be acting in movies. I recently rewatched that that bit from from Creepshow. Where he's a dude who turns into a space plant. George, George D. What's his name? Joral. It, it's called, the, the the clip is called something like The Sad Fate of George. Jordals. Yeah, which I, I really liked him. Because Stephen King, he's a funny looking dude. And he plays
3: redneck, He's playing a retarded caveman hillbilly, which is good.
2: <laughs> he plays somebody giving the eulogy at a, like a priest giving a eulogy yeah, at a gravesite. A oh, pet cemetery, okay.
3: And in, uh, in Maximum Overdrive, he's like at the ATM, and it calls him an asshole because it possesses the ATM, the meteor, the evil. See, I don't.
0: I think plots. when when you're talking about a movie of that caliber, Kelly Wand, like plot holes are the the least of that movie's problems. <laughs> like crappy movies, you can sort of assume plot holes. I don't know. All right, Maximum Yeah, Maximum Overdrive, the number one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so, Dingus, is our 3 by 3 for next week going to be just us talking about like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars for 45 minutes?
2: Not all three, just one of them. Our, our next week is our top three Star Wars facial expressions.
3: <laughs> you mean non-faked?
2: Uh, no, it's okay, <laughs> okay if it's faked. And oh, droids okay. count. So if you have droid facial expressions, that's cool with me.
0: Roids. Oh, you know what? I think I would do better with the cat on the podcast. you have not even <laughs> seen Star Wars.
2: Oh, yeah, like he hasn't. Please.
0: (laughs) Tom,
3: lookies are more like dogs. (laughs) Uh, Huh, huh, guys? (laughs) Kelly wants talking on the internet.
2: (laughs) You could use a good Kelly. Uh. All right. uh, The actual... um, It's not much better than that. Uh, Next week's 3x3 is uh, your favorite moment involving a hitman or assassin. Not your favorite hitman... Or assassin, but your favorite moment involving a hitman or assassin.
1: What? Really? Huh? <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, that's really it.
3: Deal okay. with it. I can't imagine how you conceived this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either.
2: <laughs> how could I possibly have come up with Well,
0: that? I already know Dingus and I are going to overlap two of the three, so that's why I hate this topic right off the bat.
2: I don't think so. I've yeah, got...
0: Yeah, no, I know at least one we're going to overlap on, and I'm guessing two. There's no way, Dingus. You and I don't share what's probably our number one. Mm. I just want you to know. I'm not, and and uh, I get to go. For, oh no, I have to go last because I'm. No, I go first. I forget. Now
2: I have. Well, to I'm thinking, thinking of my possibles, and I can't quite think. I've only. Now, I, I know.
0: I know we share one, and I'm thinking now. Do I try to scoop you, or do I put it in the number one spot where it belongs? Well, say, anyway, uh, join us next week for that, as you listening, and, and you will find out what, what we're talking what about. What the
3: hell, Dingus is talking about? We're not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you have any Probably questions more, kelly? do you have any uh, i don't have anything to take off the table really
0: wall is a is a godfather an assassin yeah see see what happens when you ask kelly Wan if he has any questions yeah dingus. that's a good point are, are, you, are you happy <laughs> all right so join us next week three by three favorite moments involving a hitman or an assassin what's the difference dingus
2: yeah um i I, a cl- man? I include the word assassin because i didn't want to say hit woman
0: ah very good very
3: uh, vendor, uh right. very gender neutral right i
2: i mean i mean the same thing i mean your favorite even moment.
3: though ass is woman centric.
2: <laughs> yeah good point good point right. kick ass
0: speaking oh. of kick ass let's see a Nicolas cage movie next week with amber heard's ass in it uh is it is it rated r kelly one
3: do you know offhand uh no i should okay but amber that- heard's in it she's a lesbian that's all I, know. Uh, I
0: don't know anything about that, but uh oh, it, sh- what's to know? It's also, Oh crap.
2: Oh, that's what you're doing? Oh,
0: we damn. are now we are gonna see Drive Angry 3D. Can you can you see Drive Shh. Angry in two D, Kelly Wand? Do you know? Uh Amber Heard three D. <laughs> all right. Uh, Do you know what else is and, going
2: on next week, by the way? Pardon? Do you know what else is yeah, never mind. I nothing, should pop,
0: nothing. What? Why would anything else be going on? I mean that's Amber all you Heard, need. For Amber Heard. Yeah.
2: There's there's something else going on next Sunday, but you know, we'll talk about that later.
0: What? No, he's talking about is is
3: it Amber Heard related?
2: Uh, That's right, band. the Grammys. Awesome. <laughs> the Grammys are next Sunday. Bertation.
3: Did you guys see a, an Oscar commercial before the movie with Anne Hathaway going, Oscar? Did you guys see that at the theater <laughs> tonight? Or was that no. just me? Okay. R. Clay. Never mind. Oh, it right. is rated
0: R. So uh good. So uh Drive Angry Three D rated R. Don't take your children unless you're okay with that and unless they're old enough or mature enough. Uh and join us next week as we talk about it and as we talk about Dingus' three by three of our favorite moments with hit men or assassins or hit women. Uh I am Tom Chick and I was joined by uh Dingus whose real name is Christian Mukasey, M- 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 I think.
2: <laughs> You're getting there. It's Christian Morosky.
0: Hmm. and
2: uh, Kelly Wand.
3: Nicholas Cage and Liam Neeson and unknowingly. <laughs> I like these lyrics <laughs> For more information on things unknown visit your local library after hours and bang on the glass and sob